You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Talk Recorded live. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Divine Mind Group Community Call and the Orion Mind School of the Prophets. I'm Jim Davis, your moderator. Tonight is Sunday, the 8th of May, 2016. Tonight's speaker is Michael Joseph. And Michael Joseph, whenever you're ready. Oh, okay. Well, thanks, Jim. I um, I was just looking for something that I could go through here and uh, talk about this evening. I, I sort of caught me a little unprepared, but uh, let's see if I can't find something here. Uh, Okay. Um, well, I, I apologize for that. That's okay. It's okay. Um, I was just looking. I did a course back in the um, back in the day. I did a course on something that always excites people: how to how to keep more money. So uh, I don't know. What do you want me to do? You want me to talk about things of the mind, or uh, is it my? I call the ball. What do you What do you want to do? Well, whatever's on, uh, whatever Java puts on your heart, brother. I mean, all things are, you know, good. I mean, okay. you know, if you, if what you know, if Java puts whatever he puts on your heart, you know, we're open to it. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll just talk about some experiences here then, and uh, um, well, just this past. Uh, um, week I was at a show um, here in Raleigh, and uh, I met a young fella, and uh, he, you know, I, I just, as I've been past couple of weeks, you know, I've been really steeped in studying about um, um, the Jubilee, and really just going through the scriptures, and just scouring the scriptures, trying to find uh, um, as much information as I possibly can about uh, the Jubilee. And um, I find that in talking to a lot of folks that uh, um, most folks, they, they they don't really care about so much a spiritual walk, at least in my experience, so much as they want that free fish sandwich, you know. And um, as they say, the five loaves and the, the two fishes. And, uh, and so, but that's fine too, you know. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, say one way or the other. I just, um, it's just what I notice in general. And, uh, you know, I, as you know, I, I teach people how to opt out of the, um, the IRS, and that's actually a pretty simple thing to do, um, um, lawfully and legally, how to just opt out. There's a, there's a remedy written in the code that everybody can, um, everybody can use. Uh, it's, um, and, and, you know, as we're, Finding more and more people are um, being bold and coming forth and exercising their uh, their rights at law to to stake a claim upon which uh, relief may be granted. Um, we're finding that the IRS is uh, coming along, um, whereas you know you get caught a couple of years ago, you might get caught in the uh, 
in the um, crosshairs, as they say, of the typewriter. And you might be there a while, seeing as how you're dealing with computers these days. But uh, these days, it seems that um, more and more over there are starting to understand what folks are doing as they're exercising their right to law to uh, to redeem, um, to demand redemption of the uh, the notes in circulation. And uh, so I just I just take a minute to uh, to share just a couple of success stories we've had lately. Uh, one guy in particular, it um, uh, went back a couple of years, you know, and he had a, a like an eighteen thousand uh, dollar tax burden. And you know, after he finally just stayed his course, the uh, the tax burden was lifted. Um, they understood finally what he was up to, and. Uh, not only did they uh, redeem back to him the 18 grand, but they gave him um, 8% on his money over the years that they had use of it. And so uh, that was a pretty awesome thing that just happened recently. And uh, we had another fellow here recently. He filed a uh, he filed a return, and he had he had been making his demands for uh, for lawful money of the United States for. Uh, a partial period of the year, and uh, and the IRS when he when he filed his return, they did what's called a CP12, which is uh, they basically they they redo the return and they have their people look at it. And what was really interesting is they um, they totally acknowledged what he was doing um, at law with uh, um, making his demand for uh, lawful money, and they agreed that. Uh, that all the monies that he had redeemed, he had a zero tax burden, uh, which was a pretty awesome thing to see that uh, um, that they're now, you know, I mean, not only did somebody go through, um, well, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is a lot of people, they file their tax returns and they get their withholdings back and then they think to themselves, you know, they're not quite sure if it worked or not or maybe this one just slipped through, but we're starting to receive real evidence now back from um, from um, the IRS with the folks that uh, you know are working with us. That uh, not only do they understand what we're what we're doing um, at law, they're 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 running their own numbers and uh, coming up with the same thing. So that's just really an awesome blessing, uh, and uh, we're seeing a lot more people. Um, coming forth now, you know. I mean, there's a there's a poem that I really like. It's, it goes like this. It talks about the the things that haven't been done before. And um, you know, most people they're they're all too um, happy to to go down a trail that's already been well blazed and well lit, and it's broad. But it's kind of hard to go down the trail when there's no trail there at all. You know. And you sort of have to make make the trail. And uh, as we've stepped out um, in understanding, you know, I, for instance, uh, when I came to understand the remedy that was written in law, the first thing I did was I brought the United Nations, the governor of the IMF, and the secretary of the treasury into the court and said, hey, here's the law. I intend to use it. Um, you've got 21 days to come forth and show cause why. This is, uh, you know, not sound, and uh, nobody came to court. So, you know, I received a default judgment, and I've been uh, um, undertaking on that uh, on that claim now for uh, 
since 2006. And, uh, you know, my wife and I have been receiving uh, 100% of our withholdings since uh, 2006. We just file at the end of the year, and and uh, they send all the withholdings back to us. Uh, she works as a W-2 employee, so, uh, you know, there's nothing that we can do about FICA and uh, Social Security and things of that nature because those are gifts. You can't get them back. But, uh, but yeah, we've... Uh, We've really been enjoying that, so we decided a couple of years ago that we would wait a year um, to see what happened, and then we would file at the end of two years and uh, to see um, how the state would would respond to that. And um, and amazingly, um, after waiting that year and the IRS having the the use the free use of that money for over a year, not the IRS but the Department of Revenue rather. They uh, returned all of our withholdings 100%, and they uh, they added on um, an interest rate as well. Uh, they paid us interest on the money as well during that, that, that year. So, you know, that's just really encouraging because they, they totally are starting to get it. Um, and the thing that's really interesting is you talk, talk to folks about this kind of stuff. They, the first thing that... You know, the, the common fellow on the street will say to you is, uh, well, you're getting away with something. You're not paying your fair share or, you know, or good luck to you, you know, because they, they figure that most people who do this kind of things are they're in hiding um, or they're, you know, they're running scared. They're always looking over their shoulder type of thing. But, um, you know, that's really a misnomer. Um, you know, people... They don't realize it when they they take their salary check and they go deposit it in uh, any bank that the the bank itself um, takes that salary check and they hypothecate it um, to the tune of about well ten to one um, and it could be even greater than that depending on the instrument like in a, in a credit card I think it's even as high as sixty four to one now but um, they create book entries. Um, and so what they're doing is they're creating new money and putting new money into circulation. Or rather, it's it's not necessarily money per se. That's really a misnomer. It's really a legal, legal tender. And um, money is a legal tender, but the credit also is a legal tender. And when the bank creates credit entries, it's creating legal tender. And so, uh, but what happens there is that's how inflation occurs because they're using the practices of, of um, um, fractional reserve lending practices, if you will. And in every time somebody goes and they make their deposit and those, those credit entries are created on the, the books of the bank, that's inflating the money supply. And so uh, um, that, in effect, puts uh, a undue burden on every single one of us out there, every single one of us that's undertaken in this uh, this state, we we have to um, pick up that burden of what our brother is doing. So it is true. I mean, if we try to say, well, I'm not my brother's keeper, well, that's really a lie. I am my brother's keeper. And uh, and the things that I do, um, they're, they're going to impact you and vice versa. And so... Uh, when I got down there and I asked for redemption, 
of um, of um, my paycheck. Well, what I'm actually doing, believe it or not, is I'm actually uh, uh, paying down the national debt when I do so because those bonds uh, – see, the, the debt that's being uh, traded in circulation domestically is understood by bonds which are held in the United States. Uh, so the United States issues forth bonds um, and then the, 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 the central bank issues forth notes off of those bonds and puts them into circulation domestically. So when those notes are redeemed, okay, then what it's doing is it's paying down um, this national debt. Instead of increasing it tenfold or, or more, it actually pays it down. And so most people in their ignorance will say, hey, you're getting away with something, and then it's just absolute blind ignorance because, in fact, the people that would come forth and use the law they're actually um, making it better for all of us. Um, so I see here uh, guest four um, asks about uh, what does he think about China backing its money by gold and you can't trade Fed notes for it. Um, I would say that that's kind of a sign, if you will, uh, that uh, China's been um, – it's really interesting to me that the public at large, I will say, is just now coming to the understanding that uh, China's been hoarding gold. I mean, it, it's like, it, you know, they've been literally buying up gold at an unprecedented rate uh, for, well, going on probably six years now. And, uh, and what was really interesting is that they were dumping all of their reserves in the U.S. dollar um, to use that to buy up gold. Um, and and I think that there's going to be some interesting things that are going to happen here. Uh, I think we live in just absolutely amazing times um, that uh, um, uh, we may see. Uh, um, well, I would say that you know what I was talking about last week with the the Russian uh, uh, fighter jet flying over a, a U.S. warship and uh, implementing. Um, what I might call a scalar weapon, scalar EMF uh, weapon, uh, which basically shut down the U.S. warship's uh, electronics um, and pretty much crippled it. Um, well, it not pretty much, it did cripple it. And uh, what was really kind of interesting is, uh, you know, Kerry comes out and says that's an act of war, and it is an act of war. Um, but Here's the thing. A lot of people have, you know, come to say that, hey, you know, we've got aircraft carriers which are basically floating, you know, warships. I mean, I mean, if you've ever been on an aircraft carrier, it's a floating city. There's five, I think somewhere between five and 8,000 people on these things, and, uh, and they are just, the, the power that they can, uh, it's just incredible. But when... Uh, that they can project is incredible, but when you when you take it and you look at like a scalar weapon, um, it's an aircraft carrier is like playing with a a, a matchstick, um, a firecracker compared to the energies that you're talking about in scalar warfare. And um, you know the thing that's that's really interesting is um, when you look about you know the impact that an EMP could have on um, on this country. 
And, you know, all it would have to do to, to basically simulate the uh, an EMP is to just detonate a um, atomic you know, weapon above, you know, 20, 30 miles above the, uh, the United States and, and, and bye, bye, bye on, in regard to all of this electronic stuff. I mean, it would literally, anything that has a chip in it would not work anymore. Anything that has electric circuitry in it would just completely it would not work anymore. And... Uh, and so a lot of people would be thrown, you know, immediately um, into the dark ages because um, they don't know how to do anything else. They can't farm. They, they don't know how to build community. And pretty much if you look around your neighborhood, you'll find that most people just know how to do what, what they do for a living, and that's pretty much it. Um, they don't have tools. They don't have the ability to to get water or to... Um, to get food, and so um, I, I would just say to the listener that it's high time that, uh, that if they're Noah, that they need to start, you know, building a little ark. And I'm not a um, a, a doom and gloom type of um, messenger here to you. I'm just saying that uh, um, it, it doesn't hurt to have some food stored up and some uh, abilities to get. Uh, Clean drinking water and um, and some tools that are not uh, dependent upon um, uh, electricity and gas. Um, with these things, if these resources were removed from you, what would you do? And uh, let's see what it says here. That's why they stopped blowing them off in Nevada. It would shut down the slot machine. <laughs> well. <laughs> Well, exactly. But imagine uh, imagine something like that happening um, over the continent, which I'll call um, North America. Um, and, you know, a deeper study in your scriptures. Now, I know we like to talk about scriptures from the inward perspective, and, and that's beautiful. I love to talk about the, uh, the inner kingdom, if you will. But but we can't disregard the external. You can't just say it's all internal and not external. It has two meanings. That's the that's the thing in regards to um, um, Christ Jesus and Jesus Christ. You know, Christ Jesus is spirit condescending into matter, and Jesus Christ is the is the opposite. Um, so, if you if you just look at it from the standpoint of the external. Um, viewpoint. Well, I mean, like uh, Ezekiel 37 tells us about the chief prince Meshach, which is Rosh. And if you go change, go follow the language, Rosh became Rush, and Rush uh, again it went through another um, um, mediation, if you will, um, and it became Rusha. Um, so you know you have you know different peoples in the world. Um, who will play different roles, and um, uh, certainly we see China coming to power again, um, to great power, which they will come to great power if once this uh, their currency gets up and going, and um, if they have a um, gold-backed currency where people um, will put their trust in it, they'll come to great power quickly. Um, when you look at uh, um, 
Russia, you know, if you look back into the 1980s, Russia was brought to almost nothing, and um, oligarchies um, sprang up in almost like um, mafia families. I mean, they were just so unbelievably wealthy. Um, but now we look at Russia and we say, um, wow, and look at their uh, leader, Putin. You know, I mean, in my estimation, um, I hold Putin to be the king of the north. When you talk, when you look at the book of Daniel and you look at um, the prophecy that the king of the north will rise up and come against the king of the south, well, draw a line directly south from Moscow and you will find it goes through two two points. It can actually go through many points on the, on the globe. Uh, but two points in particular, it comes straight through the city of Washington and straight through uh, Jerusalem. All right? So um, the king of the north coming south, okay? And so therefore I hold that the king of the south is Obama. And we're just going to keep looking. We're going to have eyes open, and we're going to see how these prophecies, if, if that's true, and there's certain aspects of uh, what's going to happen to um, Barack Obama that are, are going to be really interesting. So, uh, you know, beating, uh, I see some folks in here, uh, guess five, talking about a corporation. And um, uh, let me just stop here for a second and say that. Uh, um, I don't do so good monologuing as I do in regard to just having a conversation. So I'm going to be looking for things that are showing up in the uh, in the, um, the chat line. And I will say this: um, people will go on and on about names and all of these things uh, about being fictions, legal fictions, or whatever, and they go on and on about how these things are. Um, Somehow evil, and um, and I and I often wonder if they've read their own Bible, you know, where God brings all of the you know chattels and the animals before Adam to see what he'd name them, and I've often wonder if they've even thought about their own name, you know. I mean, my mom and dad named me Michael Joseph, and uh, does that mean that name is a fiction? Well. Yes, it is. It's not truly me. It's just a means by which I I, uh, I create relationships. And because if you would really just stop and think about it, and I mean really think about it, you cannot prove your identity. There's nothing about anybody in this earth that, and, and for that matter, if once you go, uh, um, if you try to go into the spirit realm to prove identity, you're going to have an even bigger problem. Um, there's nothing that can prove your identity, absolutely nothing. So how are we going to have a relationship, you know? And, and you know, if we want to form society and we want to create laws by which we're all going to agree to abide in, then in terms of forming that society, um, there has to be a means by which relationships are formed, and that's, that means, by the way, is through names. Okay, so um, when people talk about corporations, 
to be corporate is just to, it means to be uh, made up of many members. Okay, so my body is a corporation of about a trillion cells. Okay, and it's generally, you know, most bodies are run by the head and what's in the head, the brain. So, uh, you know, the big toe just doesn't go and do whatever it wants to do. It's corporate within the body. All right. Well, people say, well, it's it's a fiction. It's a fiction. Well, so is your name. <laughs> so is your name that mommy and daddy named you. Okay. So is um, most of everything that you will see around you is a total fiction. So you got to ask yourself a question. Look yourself in the mirror and say to yourself, if I was made king and I established a kingdom, how would I rule my kingdom? How would I, you know, I, certainly I would need to create roles so that I could keep up with equities and properties that are within the kingdom. I mean, otherwise, you know, it would be a free-for-all. And how would I be able to do that except that we would use names and, um, and maybe even accounts? Because we'd want to be able, we wanted to be righteous, right? And so we had to create accounts, and so that we could transfer equities. And here, you know, all of this um, uh, mythology about it's it's illegal fiction, it's legal. Well, there's nothing wrong with legal. Being legal is being righteous. Legal, literally, the word legal just you should go look it up. Go look up the word legal, and go look up the word charge. After you look up the word legal, go look up the word charge. Um, maybe you use um, Black's fourth or earlier, um, something like that, and uh, whatever you want to use. It doesn't really matter. Maybe you use Bouvier's. But, you know, when you look up the word legal, it has to do with the relationship, and, and it has to do with trusts. You can't have a trust. Um, legal and trust are, go one and the same. So, um, for instance, um, you know, if you carry on a conversation with somebody, that's an implied trust. You've already implied trust. And, and it's my opinion that um, people would say things like, um, um, how would they say it? I, I, I don't have a trust in, in the money game or whatever. And yet their signature is everywhere. Um, in regards to the money game. So it, what we really have is a lack of understanding, a lack of intelligence, a lack of, uh, yeah, understanding and knowledge of the fact that um, they're, they're granting and receiving benefits all the time. And, you know, for the exchange of that benefit, they're taking on the role of trustee. And that's legal. And what's wrong with that? I mean, literally, what's wrong with that? You know, because if it was my kingdom and I was the head of the kingdom, I'd want to make sure there was a way for me to track the different equities. So I might create registries. I might create a, a manor roll or a great book in order for me to uh, keep up with all of the um, transfer of property, equity, and interests, you know. So, um, you know, I might govern that great book with law and then the the point of um, exchange, it would be governed in equity. Okay, so I see no problem with that, none whatsoever. Now another man will say, well, you know, but uh, 
I live on an island by myself, and I just um, don't want to have any fictions. Well, then you're never going to do. You're never going to have any relationship with another living being. Period. Because it was only Adam. Adam. If you go back and look at your scriptures carefully, you'll find Adam, um, the first emanation of Adam, occupied the entire universe. The entire universe, okay, was Adam. All right? Now, uh, in Adam, if you will, um, I said in Adam because I hold that Adam was not necessarily a, a being so much as it was a church and a state of being. Um, in Adam, the relationships were a little bit different, okay? But as as there was a schism, a, a break, and, and then the one becomes two, then there has to be a means by which their relationships can be, uh, can be formed and that equities can be transferred, all right? So, you know... Um, what does it all come down to? You know, the Deuteronomy 32, the, the book of Revelation tells us that uh, those who overcome, this is Revelation chapter 15, verses, uh, starting around verses 2, I think going 2 to 3, it says, those who overcome will be singing the Song of Moses. So we go to Song of Moses, which is at Deuteronomy 32, and we go and we read it, and we find out that uh, that, oh, that they were wise and they would consider their latter end. And and so what 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 do you mean the latter end? Well, I mean as we enter into relationships and we exchange equity, well, it's not a zero sum game sometimes. And so ultimately, at the end of that, there's a banker who wants to get paid, and that means that will always end. That that all the end of that is in lack for want or need. And um, so the latter end is war. And and that's a really interesting thing about what's going on in the world right now is Russia um, or Putin, remember it said of Putin, of the, of the king of the north, not of Putin, but it says of the king of the north in um, the book of Daniel that he will not honor the gods of his fathers, okay, but rather he would honor the gods of war, okay, and that's what's happening. He's not honoring socialism, communism, no, just the opposite. Um, the gods of his fathers and the philosophic systems in which uh, um, they came, you know, preceded him, he's not honoring that at all, just the opposite. Uh, and he's, he's built a war machine. But the really interesting thing is the, the, the machine is built upon um, black gold, oil. And we have this this, this uh, um, point of contention uh, between Russia and um, the United States of America, if you will, well, really the United States, and that is Alaska. Um, Russia sold Alaska for peanuts. I think it was seven million dollars, and um, and it's it's unbelievably rich in resources in regard to oil. Um, and if they have a resource-based economy, which they do, which is based upon primarily oil and the ability to transfer goods from one point to another, there's going to come a day when the people there in Russia are going to be set up and they're going to be hungry. 
and the leaders there are not going to have any other recourse but to uh, reach out in um, in a posture of uh, war. And um, as we look at um, sanctions being uh, levied against uh, different countries and the crazy the crazy things that are happening here with um, with you know like for instance uh, Russia showing um, the United States that they're way behind in regard to uh, technology, in regard to scalar technology. I think it was um, Tom, Tom Bearden, I think it was, who said something like uh, that the U.S. was something like 25 to 40 years behind Russia and Japan in regard to scalar weaponry. And uh, so, uh, you know, our money, there's, there's so many things that are uh, sitting at the table right now and uh, while a lot of people are becoming very aware of the money bubble, and one of the really interesting things about the money bubble that nobody's talking about is this, is that the um, the baby boomer generation is, uh, I mean, they're almost 70 now. And so, uh, you know, prior to 70 years old, they don't have to take any money out of their 401ks. But at 70, they're forced to take it out of their 401ks. They're forced to literally um, take a look at their life expectancy and start taking money out of that 401k. Well, if you look at uh, the superannuation fund in Canada and then you look at the the stock market here in in the United States, um, there's something like 70 million baby boomers okay, and that are invested into those those different markets. And, you know, if you figure they took $1,000 to to live on um, each month, which is a penance, that's about equivalent to about $840 billion coming out of those markets annually. And so there's, it's just like that old gal Katy Perry was singing about a perfect storm. Well, yeah, a perfect storm and then some. There's just so much uh, going on in the world right now. And uh, uh, and we are, well, some folks wouldn't think, but I, I think that we're lucky to be able to be in this generation and see, to see these things happening right before our very eyes. And, uh, and, and I don't, like I said, I don't promote fear. I don't promote um, um, a um, position of um, um, you have to be afraid, just the opposite. Um, I would say it like this, that uh, that um, i got somebody here that just won't leave me alone trying to text me here. Uh, I would say it like this, that um, I imagine, I don't, I don't equate there being a Noah and a man who built a real boat, um, the boat itself, if, 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 as it was described, clearly is not a, a true boat, but rather we're talking about something in the um, having to do with the consciousness, the conscious of, of man and the, the three decks or the three levels, uh, if you will. You could even look at it as the mind of man, as the outer conscious and you have the subconscious and the super uh, or maybe uh, brain waves and beta, alpha, theta and then the window at the top uh, you fly out in, in delta 
I'm sort of like we got Delta Airlines. It's sort of like a hello, wake up. But uh, um, nevertheless, if you did look at it from a standpoint of an externalization uh, view, an external view, um, demand was at work building while everybody else was just, um, yeah, everything's cool. So nothing's changed, you know, and um, where is the promise of any of this happening anyway, you know? Well, the wise man looks around and says, hey, if I drop a ball off my deck, it goes down and hits the earth. And um, the wise man looks around and says, uh, these financial laws are just as sound as that other law that I just stated. And, and if you studied a little bit of history, he knows that uh, um, he knows what happened in Germany in 1914. He, he knows what happened in South America here. In, in regard, I can't remember which state it was off the top of my head, but the the government just decided they were going to unpeg their currency and peg it to something else, and and people literally um, overnight were paupers. And I mean, these things can happen again. And so the idea is is that uh, um, to be about the work of building the ark, to be about the work of, of uh, being prepared um, for uh, um, different outcomes. And, uh, I mean, I, I find it really interesting now that, you know, we're, uh, it seems like uh, things are spiraling. I mean, I could hear the, uh, the toilet flushing, um, well, six, eight years back. Um, I think a lot of people are becoming more aware of uh, of the uh, the money game, and that uh, um, you know we have the uh, <laughs> it's funny guess five about uh, Trump and Cruz. Yeah, you got a guy who's the son of someone who ran off to, or maybe he uh, did himself ran off to Canada to hide, uh, so he didn't have to uh, to enjoy himself to um, to do his duty. Um, in a particular war, um, we got another guy who's over here saying, uh, um, hey, we need to bring money back to the U.S. Well, you know, there's the ESF out there, the Equalization uh, Stabilization Fund, and uh, its sole duty is to take money and get it out of the U.S. so that the the uh, fractional reserve banking policies here in the U.S. don't hyperinflate the economy. Well, you got this guy Trump here saying, let's bring it all back to the U.S. And uh, <laughs> sounds great until someone with a little bit of uh, knowledge comes along and says, hey, look, jackass, if you bring it all back to the U.S., you're going to hyperinflate the economy and, uh, and um, it's going to be trouble for everyone. All right, it's going to cost ten dollars for a you know a gallon of gas. All right, and uh, but so I guess years ago we looked at uh, Hegelian dialectics, and I don't know how much clearer it could get when you got um, George Bush Jr. running against John Kerry, and both of them are skull and bones. But I mean, come on, you know it's like hey. If I pick this guy, I pick the club. If I pick this guy, I pick the club. It's always that way. And people say, well, you know, I think I'll go for this guy, Trump, or I think I'll support Clinton or whoever. I don't even, 
I don't even know who runs anymore. I don't I don't keep up with it anymore. But um, uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. You you picked um, a different mouthpiece for the same you know beast, if you will. Um, but it doesn't. It's not gonna. I mean, I've been I've been on the circuit forty seven years, and uh, and I don't believe I've ever really seen change that was positive towards uh, towards the um, the growth of um, the people. It seems like it's just what can we do to uh, to rip them off a little bit more, you know, without them getting too angry. And a little fleece in here and a little fleece in there. I mean, you look at like two thousand and eight, for instance, and uh, the minor fleecing. Now let's go back another seven years. You know, to um, 2001, well, we saw a pretty pretty good fleecing there in 2001, didn't we? And um, and you know, dates. Come on, these dates. September 11th. You know, these dates they they should mean something to the Bible students. But uh, well, like like for instance, uh, let's look at September 11th. Well. The the Bible story tells us that there was a star that appeared, and you know people go on and on about um, metaphysics or whatever. But um, yeah, well, look up in the sky and run the clock back, and you'll find that Regulus lines up with Jupiter, and the light was tremendous, and that Jupiter was in retrograde that year as well. So it was a moving star. Not not only did it appear, it was a moving star, and you know, we, we read these things, and, and it's like, okay, um, we just read right by them. But, you know, the, the really awesome things about the stars is it's like a precise clock, and we can turn back the stars to the dates, and we can mark those dates. And we find that uh, that um, September 26th was the Feast of Tabernacles that year. And uh, if, you, if you get down with... Uh, Three, September 26, 3 BC, to be to be um, precise, um, we have the Lord's human coming into existence in the earth, according to the scriptures. Uh, and then we have, well, you count back 15 days from that, and you have the Day of Trumpets. Okay, you've got the Day of Trumpets, which is September 11, 3 BC. All right, so I mean, these dates are like. Um, uh, <laughs> is that why they? Is that why they picked those holy days for to do their uh, starting wars and doing like with September 11th and all these other dates? Is that oh, why absolutely. they picked the, to the, to defile those dates? Absolutely, absolutely. These dates are are they're not. Um, Randomly, it, it, it's not a random event that it happened on September 11th, uh, 2001. Not in any way, shape, or form was that random. And by the way, uh, Jim, uh, when I said that um, September 11th, 3 BC was um, trumpets, day of trumpets, um, you know, the Hebrew calendar is different from um, the Gregorian calendar, if you will. Um, so yeah. September 11th, was the day of trumpets, you know, then, but because the Hebrew calendar is um, tied to the um, the sun and the moon, uh, 
you know, for signs and seasons, you know, for appointments, that kind of thing, right? Divine yes. dates. Um, yes. It's not going to, you know, the Feast of Tabernacles, for instance, um, um, last year, like Passover this year, well, because we went into 8R2, Passover this year was in, you know, April. Most most years, Passover is in March, right? But because we were in 8R2 this year, um, I mean, I think the Hebrew calendar based on the moons can be as many as 385 days, and I think it can be as little as 355 days. Um, yeah. So, you know, you're looking up. You're looking up and you're observing and you're counting your time based on the moon and the sun um, because they were an agrarian society. And uh, so when we say September 11th, I'm not referring to um, I'm not referring to the Gregorian calendar where we can mark that day each year. But nevertheless, it is significant that that those two buildings, which which um, represent Yakin and Boaz, come down, okay, on yes. September 11th, to, you know, 2001. And 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 yeah, that was just a little fleecing that happened during that period. You know, I would say more than just a little fleecing. There was a tremendous fleecing that happened as we watched the um, the Nasdaq plummet from 5,000 down to about. Well, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe 1,500 or something like that. You know, uh, and uh, people that were in, you know, paper investments, they they took a bath. You know. Yes. But can you imagine the fleecing that would happen if? Um, I mean, you're familiar with the concept of banker's holiday, where um, the banking system works on a um, on a reserve, um, a 10% reserve. So if I was to go put a hundred dollars in a um, in a bank, well they take ten dollars and they put it in the reserve, and then they take the ninety and they can loan out. Um, well, if, if you take it to its very end conclusion, it will expand that um, that ninety tenfold. Okay, and so you'll be left with um, nine hundred and you know the original ten, right? Well, yeah. So, so they're, so they're basically uh, they don't have any uh, funds whatsoever to sell. They're doing it off our signatures, basically, right? Well, that's right. And I'm glad that see this is how I, I do better with people uh, bounce things off, off me. I don't I don't do so well when I go into a monologue. But yes, that's exactly right. So, so now let's let's explore that for a second. Um, if if they're using your signature, they're trading your trust. Okay, so yeah. your your trust pledge, your your pledged trust has value. Okay, and that's what they're trading. Okay, so so then you have to ask yourself, okay, how's this happen? Okay, did I do this to myself? Okay, and then when you realize that yes, I, I'm doing this to myself. Um, you'll you'll read Isaiah fifty two three and you'll realize that uh, you know it said you sold yourself for nothing. Okay, we entered into a contract with them. Well, what if what if um, what if the uh, um, okay? Let me see here. What if uh, Isaiah thirty six, Rabshakeh comes up to war? 
And he says, look, if you'll give me pledges, if you just pledge to me, then I'll go back to my king and um, everything's going to be cool. Okay? So what do people do? What do they they're, – they're taught from a very young age to pledge allegiance, right? Oh, yes, and, yes. And they're pledging not to a community, okay? Are they pledging to each other? Are they pledging like, like I pledge to you, Jim, that I will X, Y, Z, right? No, they're pledging to a flag, which is a symbol, okay? And then they, they, they utter the words into the republic for which it stands, but then um, in their ignorance, they turn around and support a democracy. Oh, okay? yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So they're pledging. Go ahead, Jim. Uh, no, what I was saying, when they say I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America uh, and to the republic for which it stands, uh, we're, we're pledging allegiance to that flag, which is a symbol of the United States, and it's supposed to be a republic, but it's not. It's a democracy. Right. Which is this what you're saying? Well, currently it's in the form of a democracy because what you've got here is a feudal system which is being run by bankers uh, uh, given that the uh, the state is in debt. So they're actually running um, a, uh, a feudal uh, F-E-U-D-A-L system uh, in fee. Okay, so you've got feuds and and you've even probably got soakage and ward going on still here in you know I mean people like to say that's um they'll say things like that's barbaric and and yet go look at any um land deed and you'll find most likely that you took the land in fee simple. Well a fee is a qualified estate. Okay. Yes. And so a fee is only as good as the first grant. Okay. So if the first grant was made um, by a railroad company within um, within the, uh, the the burgeoning United States, uh, subject to um, uh, a higher power that was established uh, from the throne in um, in Britain uh, via um, the Virginia Company, or say the the East and West uh, Dutch uh, Indies uh, trading their companies. Um, then you know you start to roll this back and you start to see okay corporations were given the grants to go set up government and to go uh, establish rather go establish government and do government and to to grant lands and collect quit rents and things of that nature and you know so <laughs> so you know Johnny come lately comes along and says uh, you know this whole thing with legal is evil it is not it is not. There's nothing wrong with legal. In fact, the government that's established in um, in um, your own body, in your own being, is legal. You know, what does the Romans 13 say? It says all souls are subject to the higher power, right? Well, yes. you, you have a you have a carnal mind. You have a, um, you, what most folks will sometimes call the lower mind, the reptile mind, and then you've got our complex. They call it. Then there's the the um, the higher mind, and then there's the divine mind, and one is subject to the other, okay? And um, if one doesn't act, which is not legal in regards to the other, the, the act can be completely annulled, okay? 
Yeah. And so there's nothing wrong with legal. It's just little children running around not knowing what you're talking about. And so, you know, if, if it, it would be legal, like, for instance, this call is run and pretty much, I'll say, belongs to you and Gary. Okay, right? Could you go that far to say you guys set it up, you run it, you moderate it, that kind of thing, right? Well, it was legal for you to say to me tonight, Michael, uh, would you talk? And I said, sure, I'll talk. Well, once I start talking, I have now implied the agreement, okay, and now I'm moving forward now as the trustee. I've taken the possession of the call, and I'm undertaking in it. That was perfectly legal. Now, it yes. would have been illegal if I just started, you know, at the very beginning of the call, just saying, all right, Jim, just sit back, and I'm going I'm to ride with this. And you said, um, hey, man, um, this is our call. <laughs> you know? I mean, you know, we had I, other I, things in mind, okay? <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah, it's like people usurping authority over other people without uh, 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 getting their, uh, I guess, how can I put it, uh, uh, what am I trying to say here? Blessing, permission, yeah. grant, right? Yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. But, like, for instance, if someone has the authority and they're exercising their authority and if somebody who doesn't have the authority complains, okay, complain. Complain all you want, all right? Complain to your yeah, face, but it doesn't make a hill of beans difference. You don't have the authority. No, I got you. If we yield to it, that's one thing. But if you know what I'm talking about, yes, yes, that's the point. That's the the point at which growth can occur is when you look yourself in the mirror and you say, "Hold on a minute, I'm doing this to myself." And yes. and you, you you get to the point where you realize, "Hold on a minute, I I'm, I'm me. I'm you know I've got a conscience. I I have choice." I don't have to do these things. And then the question then gets has to be asked, why do I do these things? Okay, yes. is, it, is it a matter of desire? Is it a matter of um, need? Well, you know, right? Um, yeah. But you have to ask yourself, could I be doing other things? Do I have to do what I'm doing? Or, you know, am I doing it because I've been taught to do it this way? Society conditions me to do this way? I desire something that so bad that I've got to have it and I'm willing to compromise myself to get it? Uh, why? Why am I doing it? I got you. I under, I can understand that. And uh, many people do that all the time without even really thinking about it either. That's how that system has got everybody tied into it, to do without thinking. Yeah, that's exactly it, to do without thinking. And a man who, when, when I say man, um, so not to upset ladies who might hear the call, um, I'm not referring to form. I'm not referring to male or female. Um, I'm referring to the mind. So when I say, uh, um, when even I know this is kind of redundant, a man who won't use his mind um, is no better than an animal. Um, you see what I'm saying? I mean, you have a mind. And, yes. And, you know, so then... The question is, are you going to train your mind to to find truth so that, you know, you can be baptized? Because just to dunk yourself in water means nothing. I mean, you might get a cold, all right? It means nothing. 
Okay, I, I mean, when the standpoint of an externalization of expressing your trust, in other words, if I'm part of a certain society that recognizes that this is just an external deed which is expressing my trust, the, the deed itself means nothing. I mean, I, I hope I'm going to get dunked in warm water because I hate to catch a cold. You know what I'm saying? No, but, I agree with you. That word, when you said to be baptized, it means to immerse yourself in in thought or whatever it may be that you're doing or in attempting to understand or do, uh, we immerse ourselves in it. I mean, that's just like uh, uh, in the, uh, what do you call it, in the the, the text of, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of it, the, in the book of Thomas, you know, when it tells us that for us to be immersed in it, to be surrounded by it, whether it be in thought or something physical. If we don't put our all into it, we're not going to endeavor to see the truth or find it or anything else. We have to apply it and immerse ourselves in it in order to receive back from it. Well, I mean, Jesus said, okay, Jesus said, and in John eight thirty two, he said, and then you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And in Genesis, we find out that he separated the waters from the waters. There's earthly waters and there's heavenly waters. And and so Jesus later says, I, I, I've taught you earthly things and you have not understood. How then will I teach you heavenly things? And so the yes. waters, water is a symbol for truth. And and when you see um, the the word melech, it's mem lamed kof, and you go to the... Um, not the Paleo Hebrew, but the um, the hieroglyphic Hebrew. Mem is the ancient symbol for water, and lamed is a staff, and a cough is an outstretched hand. So it's the duty of the king, okay, that his work, he works with his hand. It's the, it's the duty of the king to to carry the staff of instruction to teach the pure truth, the, the, the unadulterated truth, to keep the society... Um, in the faith, that's why the title that was given to um, to the the kings of um, Britain was defender of the faith. All right, so that um, the people are instructed because a very educated uh, people, it's really hard to pull the wool over an educated people, pull the wool over yes. their eyes, right? So, yes. Um, but in comes the bankers. Okay, now, were the bankers evil? No. The, the People like to point the finger at the bankers as if the bankers are evil. But, but, but look, point the other fingers back at yourself. Yes. Say, if I was more diligent, if, the, if we were more diligent as a people, there could be no, you know, these things couldn't happen. But through our desire and our, you know, the Eve nature, of, we, we really want that, you know, um, you know, we're led astray. We sell ourselves for absolutely nothing. And really, the really interesting things, you go back and, you know, you read the uh, FDR's papers, The Year in Crisis, and there's really, uh, there's a um, statement in there, he says, you know, he says, if we can um, if we can convince the people to use these new newly formed trust accounts, right, and to deposit their salary checks into these newly formed trust accounts, then we will, we will have made great progress. 
okay? Here's the thing. Um, they they gave the option to the people. The people have the uh, – at law, they gave um, – the whole thing is surrendered to the people. If the people would come forth and demand the use of lawful money, and I'm not talking about silver and gold. Those who go on and on about silver and gold, God, that is so far behind the eight ball, it's ridiculous. Okay, we're talking domestically. We're talking about a people, okay? And we're talking about a relationship between a man and a woman. The woman is the people. The man is the heads of state, okay? So if the people if the people were given the choice to either endorse a central bank or to use the, their own treasury, that's what they did. They gave it to the people. They gave it to the people a choice. Well... When the first generation fell asleep, what hope did the children have, right? And and so everybody's out here endorsing um, the central banking, right? And uh, um, and, and the people are literally they're, they're they're selling themselves and have not selling have sold themselves into into bondage into debt. And the scriptures, the divine law, the same divine law which says we're in the jubilee year, also says that the uh, that that the debtor is slave to the lender. So we go down to the courtrooms, and we go seeking justice in the in the courtroom, but we're coming in from a slave status, and the um, you know two slaves arguing. <laughs> I mean, can you see the absurdity of that? You know what I mean? It's like um, when you go back and you look at that ancient law, slaves weren't allowed to marry unless the master said it's okay to marry. Um, and, you know, a really interesting thing when you study history outside of maybe the the first um, couple of hundred years, which is about as far as most folks go, but the white race, you know, and today... You know, it's flip-flop. They say, well, you know, the white race enslaved the black race. But you go even further back, you'll find it's just the opposite. The black race enslaved the white race. So there's been both races. It doesn't matter your color in regards. Slavery is slavery. And the thing is, though, um, here in this country, and let's call it uh, the United States of America because that's how it was styled, um, it's illegal to have coerced slavery. Um, forced slavery is illegal, but um, un, unforced slavery is not illegal. If you do it to yourself voluntarily, that's not illegal at all. You no, know, I understand, but people are, uh, how can I put it, blinded, that they think they're free and they're walking around as a captured slave and not even knowing it. Yeah, and I think I asked a question to a lawyer. I, I actually had a um, a breakfast uh, the other day with a, a lady who who practices law here on Wake County, and um, and I was talking with her, and I said uh, I won't mention her name, but I was talking with her, and um, I said, "Do you think that the things that I'm talking about here are understood? Um, do they teach you these things in law school?" And she said, Michael, she says, you know more law than the judges and the law and the lawyers down here. None of this that you're telling me is taught in, in law school. None of it. And she says it's like any other um, job. You typically learn it on the job. 
you get sort of a a base education which allows you to go and become knowledgeable about how to go access information. But the day in and day out of what you do, she says, it's all taught on the job. And, you know, I had held, you know, the profession of lawyer to a certain level that I thought, geez, maybe if I went and got a law degree that I would get a better handle on uh, on how this how this stuff all how, how it all works. But, you know, I've come to realize that, um, I mean, she even told me, Point blank, she said, "Downtown, it's it's not so much more about um, justice, so so much as it is about winning and losing today, who won and who lost." And see, that's the latter end. That's the latter end of debt. When you get into a want or desire based economy, this is what um, Freud's nephew uh, taught. Um, oh, what was his Bernays? Bernays, what he taught. He taught how to how to use the emotion to to give this public beast whatever its heart desired. You know, satiate the people with no money down, easy monthly payments, and you can have whatever you want. Just sign here, sign here, sign here, and everything's cool, right? But if you really look at the latter end of that system, it's war. You're going to be either on a battlefield in war or you're going to be in a courtroom in war, okay? That's the latter end of it. And because in, in a in a desire-based reality or um, how I say it, um, in, a, in a resource-based reality where want is, or lack is promoted, somebody's going to be fucking high in teeth. Somebody's going to be missing out, and they're not going to want to be missing out for very long. You know, at some point they're going to be like, "Hey, we're tired of being on the bottom here. We'd like to live on top of the hill." So, uh, you know, as you check yourself, as you look within yourself, as you start to look at your own ego and your own pride and um, your own desire nature. Um, your own carnality is which I'll, I'll I'll group all that into your own carnality. Then you start to see this this war that goes on inside of yourself. To Saint Paul, he wrote it so eloquently. He said, "The things that I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, I do." So he finds this war going on between his uh, higher self and his lower natures, um, and he's trying to discipline his lower natures. Well. Look out your window. Just look at the the society at large, and in model, see if you can bring your mind to a point where you can look at society as a human being, one one human being. And does not society, you know, look to you like a spoiled brat? <laughs> you know, and you know if the spoiled brat doesn't get what uh, what it wants, then um, you know it says, hey, you know. I'm gonna throw a tantrum, or I'm, we're gonna we're gonna have a fight, or or you know, all right? Yeah, I know what you're saying, but I mean, it, you know, there's just, I mean, I know there's it takes all types of people, but I mean, there's just, I mean, there's some that will, I mean, they'll hear it and they'll grasp it and they'll they'll walk on with it sometimes, and there's those that hear it, they want to grasp it, but yet. They get away from it, and then they they forget about it, and just 
go right back to the vomit, so to speak. Okay, so let's talk about that for a second because you just sparked something in me. Um, um, years ago, uh, I had a colleague that uh, he and I were just like, we were like two peas in a pod. Um, at that time, I was running a civil engineering firm full-time, and uh, and I was really busy. But I'm telling you, we talked probably at least six, seven times a day. He would he would look up some word in some um, legal dictionary, and he would chase it. He would get to chasing it. And you know how you can chase a word in a legal dictionary? Like like the word is dependent upon another word. So you got to go look up that word. And then you find, you know, it's dependent upon another word. <laughs> you know, and so you get yeah. to chase it, right? And, yeah. and and we would talk probably easily six, seven times a day. And just the joy of discovering, okay, the the lights coming on, you know, and 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 the, to not just to be able to just talk about this concept of trust, but to be able to understand it so well that we understand how charges come forth, how the estate is formed, how yeah. you know how that there's different levels of trusteeship, how that the administration has the power of direction, how the courts are formed, how they have to be formed for it to be legal. Okay, yes, and and that believe me, they keep it legal. Okay, um, yeah. so I agree with you. Uh, um, you may not like it because you know, as as we have, as we experience it, you know, most of the times in our early experiences is to our detriment, and that's that's a blessing too because it's like a it's a wake up call. You know what I mean? It's like it's time to rise and shine and put some knowledge between these two ears, right? Yes. Um, and so even the negative is a blessing if you, you know, try to look at it like that. You know what I mean? I agree with you. I think that's like a stop sign, so to speak, by the ever living, saying, you know, hold the phone here, wake up. You know, you're not applying it in the right aspect that I have set forth. You know, it has to be done this way. If you want to, it's either you want the blessing or you're going to just do it your way and get the cursing or the the ramifications of what takes place there. Well, I I had a guy who tell who told me one day that uh, legal was um, was evil and that legal and all this and you know legal was based on fictions and it all ain't real and blah 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 blah. All right, so I said, okay, what is real then? Please describe to me what's what's real. <laughs> and he said, well, you know what the way God said to do it in the scripture. I said, okay, great. Let's go to God's scripture then, okay? I mean, you say, well, you're going to use, okay, what are we going to use? What are your scriptures? <laughs> he said, well, you know, I use the King James. I said, okay, great. King James is beautiful. I said, how about we go to the Masera, which was um, what the King James was built on. We'll go to the Maseratic text, and we'll uh, we'll look at that, and then we'll, we'll use that as our foundation. Um, and then we'll use the King James too because um, – Many times they got it right. Okay, so uh, so that's what we're going to do. We'll go with the King James. All right. So he said, "Well, this whole government thing and this whole having others over us is all, you know, that we should all be kings." Well, okay, well let's go to the Book of Exodus, right? Would you agree that the Book of Exodus is in the King James Bible? He said, "Yes, sir." I said, all right, good. Let's go to Exodus chapter eighteen, and let's read here about where. Um, Starting around verse uh, 20, 
he says that uh, what we need to do is we need to go find some good and just men who know the um, the law of God, the divine law of God. They understand it on um, from the divine principles and how to set up true government. Okay. And he says, and let me read verse 21. He said, Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands and rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties and rulers of tens. Okay? And, and then let them judge the people at all seasons, and it shall be that every great matter they shall bring unto thee but every small matter they shall judge so. In other words, Moses says, um, look, if it's too if it's too much for for even the thousands, then um, bring that to me and I'll take it to God. Okay, but look at what they set up. I mean, come on, man. Rulers of tens is district court. Rulers of fifties is superior court. Rulers of hundreds is appeals court, and rulers of thousands is supreme court. Oh no! <laughs> oh, no! Where are we going to go now? You know, I thought this was all, uh, you know, well, you know, you talked about a dog returning to his vomit. That's you, damn right. And uh, swallowed his vomit right up. And that's the point: is that when Peter says that those who curse government, they do so to their own damnation, because in doing so. They they agree that they're, what they're doing is they're stating, okay, first of all, they turn around and they use the Bible as their standard, okay? And they say, well, all truth comes out of the Bible. I'm going to use the Bible. And the Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one, okay? So, so this Bible teaches the concept of monotheism and multiple natures of God, which are given different names. So, uh, Yahweh Yireh, um, God provides, all right, and uh, things of that nature, all right. So uh, we're going to use the King James, then that's what we should do. We should go ahead and um, let's stick to that. And you know, here we have the King James saying government's fine, okay. And then we have um, another guy saying, well, we need to just do away with all the government. Well. What if we go back and read at First Samuel um, chapter eight? We're going to read where Israel, okay, um, we're under what's called a theocracy. Well, isn't a theocracy a government? I mean, is that? I mean, come on, that's a government, right? And there's a king in a theocracy. There's a king, okay, and uh, and they were under um, a theocratic republic. Okay, now that's a government. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, there is, this, in, in, in this, I think Romans 13 says, there is no power but of God. Elsewhere it says, Christ, the power and wisdom of God. Okay, and uh, so, you know, yeah, we might have problems with how the government was run. I'm sure the the being Jesus uh, had a big problem with how he was being treated before Pilate, okay? <laughs> I'm positive, all right? Um, but then again, I can take the lesson that I can die to myself for the greater good, okay? And um, certainly that goes 
completely against, you know, a society which is all want-driven and desire-driven because um, why would I do that, especially for people who are ignorant, right? Why would I want to die, you know, why would I want to die to myself to support someone who pretty much hates me, you know? That doesn't sound, you know, right in regard to most people's philosophies, but, but, you know, if you think about the philosophy of um, actually considering um, the benevolence of your neighbor first, you know, and that may mean that um, I have to miss out on some good, you know, because I'm considering the benevolence of my neighbor first. Um, but think about that society. I mean, that society is totally different from the one we live in now, which is basically uh, let me figure out how to outdraw you before you shoot me. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's like, am I just you know talking out of turn here, or is is anybody else witnessed uh, that uh, we live in a society which is um, wholly carnal and out for self only? Um, I don't know. I just uh, throw it out there on the waters. It just seems like to me that uh, um, you know, an, a society which is um, uh, community-based, um, living um, with the same mutual interest. Well, now what shall we call our society? Now that we have the society, let's say we have 10 families here, and we have uh, come together and uh, we're going to, we need some kind of relationship, so what shall we call our society? Well, the first person that utters a name, let's stone him because he just created a legal fiction. <laughs> No, I think maybe we won't start him. You know, I think maybe we'll just go ahead and um, keep him around, you know, and love him a little bit and say, hey, man, good on you. That's a great name. That's what we're going to do business in. We're going to do business with that society over the hill because, you know, they got some tasty peanuts and we've got some apples over here. So uh, we'll just do business in this name, okay, and we'll, that's how we'll trade and we'll, we'll keep it honorable in that name. And uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, this whole uh, corporation thing. And uh, but now, you know, you got to be careful about corporations too, because don't corporations exist underneath um, a a state? Like in other words, a, a state is formed, and and isn't a state? And like like if you go read the laws of nations, which you know. I would highly recommend to any listener on this call to go get a copy of the Law of the Nations and read it, because then your eyes will be opened about how things are built and how things are running. Um, and, uh, you know, you might find something interesting, too, that in that so-called Declaration of Independence, they reference the laws of nations. Okay? So um, they're moving by some other books there outside of what you might call the Holy Scriptures, even though they do... Um, give a nod to the Holy Scriptures and nature and nature's God as well, they also give a nod to the laws of nations. Uh, so it would probably be a good idea to go read the laws of nations, and you'll find that uh, whenever you have like two or more that have come together with a um, with a uh, a common goal, if you will, a common intent, then these, these two or more, they form something called a moral person, a moral person. And so they become corporate 
they are in, they are an unincorporated association. And you know, I thought to myself, I wonder if I can find this in the Supreme Court cases back in the day. And sure enough, uh, you go to you know look it up, and you can find court cases where uh, they reference that at some point the United States was not yet incorporated, but they formed an, an unincorporated association. And because it was declared under a declaration of trust, remember, what did Genesis tell us? Genesis tells us how to create, okay? And it said very carefully that if you want to create, there must be a declaration of trust. And how do we know that? Because it says, and God said, okay? Then what, is, what, then what happened after and God said? Then it said, and God saw. And then... And then up oh, now here we got a problem. God has broken his own law. <laughs> God named. <laughs> that must be a fiction. Jeez, God created a fiction. <laughs> okay. You know, it's crazy. But with a little bit more knowledge, you know, all of a sudden, you know, um, it kinda clicks into focus. So, um so there you go. So there you have to have a declaration of trust. And you declare yourself, and once you declare yourself, okay, you speak it into the, um, well, how about we say it like this? You speak it into the universe. If you go um, do a little bit of research into the Rosicrucians, and they have a um, a tale that they tell about uh, how this lion, um, and do a little research on C.S. Lewis, C.S. He wrote The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, but in his um, preface so that, I think it was the the um, it was the something's nephew. I can't remember the name of the book, but in the preface to that book, he talked about how this lion walked through the universe and sang it, sang the world into existence. And you know what it's telling you is, and God said that it was that creation, how it was created, was through sound. Sound is the principle moving. Okay, so um, if you want to, if you want to declare, if you're going to do something, if you're going to create, like for instance, a guy um, said, okay, well, I'm going to, um, I'm going to file a jubilee claim. Okay, great. Well, I would suggest to you it would be a pretty good idea for you to form a, a Gilgal or a, a circle. Uh, like Gary, I know times past he's called it a fire circle. It's the same thing, um, witnesses, and you literally speak what you're going to do into um, in the matter. Speak it before witnesses, before the ever-living God, and um, have your witnesses, you know, uh, Deuteronomy, I think, uh, 1915 says a matter is established um, at the word, the mouth of two or three witnesses. Yes, sir. So... Um, Speaking it, and God said, well, oh man, that word God there is real interesting. That word God is not singular as in, you know, and Mike said, that word God is Elohim. And Elohim is a plural noun, kind of like you might say, and the church said. You know what I mean, right? Because Elohim is plural. Yes, sir. And you might even go to say, I mean, we could, I could even teach this on a, much deeper level, as in the judgment that issued forth before um, the throne was um, 
the supreme uh, Elohim and and all of us too. That is, in other words, the the title Elohim encompasses all of us. Um, this goes to Psalm eighty-two. Um, if you understand what I'm saying there, in other words, um, yes. let us make man in our image was the judgment that was issued, and we all agreed. Okay, we all agreed. So we were in the judgment hall. We heard the judgment, and um, and maybe even even in the arcana of the time before um, that uh, we uh, we had rulers of tens, fifties. Hundreds and thousands, and that the government existed. It's a, it's just a fractal. It's just a, it's an image. It's a mirror image uh, upon the face of the earth that we're looking at in regard to um, government. Right? Well, I understand when you were t- saying that, uh, and where you're talking about the Elohim and all the those things. Uh, mm-hmm. There would, isn't it also like from the conscious? Uh, the subconscious into the superconscious that we've thought it through and understood it enough that we speak it forth before the witnesses and and you know before the creator and you know that it's established more or less. Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to speak to it like this, and I think it'll answer the question what you're saying. I'm going to speak to it from the standpoint of will. I'm, I'm going to speak to it from the standpoint of will understanding and wisdom, okay? So understanding is Bina, right? Yes. And wisdom is, uh, I'll say, Hulkmah. Uh, C-H is Hulkmah, okay? Wisdom, okay? Now, yes. Bina and Hulkmah, okay, um, you might even say uh, love is Hulkmah and um, Bina is faith. Um, you could say it like that. Um, the true... Um, would be that uh, love would be principle. Faith is subordinate to love. Okay, that's why today faith is, is faith is principle. And they say, well, we pledged our good faith and our credit. Okay, and therefore we express our love. So they put faith as the principle today. But in in true um, society where the laws are written on our heart, love is principle, and faith is birthed from love. Faith is Faith is the husband, excuse me, love is the husband, faith is the wife, okay? So yes. they got it, kind of got it backwards today. And so they have a gun there and they say, well, you will comply because you gave your word. And truly, yes, if we do give our word, then we should comply. Um, so we should do what we say we're going to do, is what I'm trying to say. All right, now, you say, well, I don't like that. So I'm going um, to do a deed and I'm going to express my will. Okay, but if my understanding is based in imperfect truth, um, in other words, I'm in Babylon, right? BBL confusion, right? Um, I'm in Babylon. I'm, I, I was Zerubbabel. I was born into confusion. I'm of the seed of confusion, but I'm told to come out of confusion, to be baptized, which is to immerse myself in truth, right? And yes. once I'm immersed in truth, then I can have a more perfect knowledge because I have a more perfect understanding. Knowledge or dot is, um, yes. you know, that hidden aspect. That's knowledge. Um, but my understanding now has to now be tested in fire. 
Okay, and as my understanding, we have a, a we have a baptism which brings me to understanding, which is water. But there's a second baptism, which is a testing in fire. Okay, which is a way of saying um, I'm tested in experience. I have to experience the ups and downs and this, that, and the other. And as I do that, then I have uh, wisdom. Okay, now the union of wisdom and understanding births. Okay, wisdom is the the male, understanding is the female, and the union of these two births a will. Okay, my will. Okay, so now you, you're talking about, I just gave you the father, the the mother, if you will, and the son, okay, because the will is the deed birthed out of perfect perfected experience and knowledge or understanding can now birth a uncompromised will, okay? But otherwise, if I'm moving about in folly and I lack knowledge, what did the scripture say at Hosea 4, 6? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, right? Yes. Well, just take away the my people part and just say, well, are we not all, you know, created of God? I mean, I mean, come on. In, in other words, if you say that we're not, then then you say, well, then there's, then you, you're no longer getting down with the same book that you're using to make your argument, okay? Because uh, um, it says, Hero Israel, the um, the Lord your God is one, right? So then yeah. um, we all come from that one, and we're within that one sphere, that one body, that one state of God, which we will call we now in Genesis 2 call that Yahweh Elohim, okay? That is the one state and being, right? Um, and, uh, but um, as we want to, um, we want to bring about our will, the scripture says, well, how did, when, when we were shown the model of prayer, it says, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, right? So, in earth is the external nature of man. In heaven is his higher mind subject to the divine mind. And the higher mind will always freely subject itself to the divine mind. It's the lower mind in the earth which kicks like a wild ass. The Ishmael aspect of the, the earthly aspect which kicks like a wild ass, which is why the the Isaac nature of the higher mind um, uh, the, the child of promise, right? The one. In other words, let me say it like this right here. I, I have it backwards. The Ishmael, Ishmael nature is the unregenerated lower mind. The Isaac is the regenerated lower mind, which is in the celestial being. The higher mind is Abraham, and Abraham is subjected subject to the mind to the divine mind, which is Christ. Okay, so is that is that government? I mean, I don't know. It kind of sounds like government. You know? Yes. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, it's, uh, it, I agree with you. I mean, we are we are to be subject to the higher mind, where the so-called system, you could say, and uh, the people that are influencing the mass humanity with their tactics, uh, they're they're listening to, like you said, the lower mind that the government's kind of running. They don't have the government on their own shoulders. They're letting the government, the physical government, run their 
their uh, lives form. Well, hold on. Let's stop a second. Let's let's talk about the government like this, so we can get a better understanding of what we're saying here. Okay, when we play the game of Monopoly, there's a board which exists. Okay, right, and that board has certain rules that all the players on the board will agree to be bound by. Right. Now, yes. If if I'm gonna play the game, maybe I'll be the race car, and maybe you'll be the top hat, and someone else will be the shoe, and that's just the token by which we move around the board. Right. Yes. Now, with this token, I may amass great wealth and great um, hotels, and I might have houses and all sorts of stuff, right? Okay. Now, um, it's still subject. All of my wealth is subject to the rules of the game. So the government is the actual board and the rules, okay? Um, yes, I got you. Now, you can see that, like, for instance, someone who's very adept at playing the game may amass tremendous wealth and be able to um, influence even the rules of the game. Yes. So, for instance, government itself is not the one that's being, um, is, is not the manipulator. Government, uh, so the government is the rules by which we're all going to play the game, but for instance, I may amass such wealth in our game of Monopoly that I might say to you, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll lease you this property for a certain amount of times around the board, and you pay me a certain amount for that lease. And, um, you know, in order to even amass more wealth, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, and I, I got the risk of landing on that property myself and paying you the rent for the for what that I leased, right? So, in other words, I might even change the rules a little bit. Or, and see, it's legal. I haven't actually changed the laws, but I'm operating within the legal framework of those laws because, you know, the property still remains in my ownership. I'm just leasing it to you for a certain number of times. And what I'm trying to show you is that uh, government itself is good. It's good to have government. It 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 frames our society and allows us to, to grow and to work together, you know. Yeah, but, you're um, right. I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I didn't quite look at it that way, but now the way you're explaining it, it makes a whole lot of sense. It's just that the people, which the individuals out there, it's all how they play the game and their tactics that they use in order to do what they do. Right, and and so what allows them to do what they do to me? Well, if I play the game. In, in other words, in a couple of times there's a couple of movies that have it out there. I think it's in Tron, and I think it's in War Games. And there's a point where the computer has gone through all these iterations. I mean, in the movie War Games has gone through all these original, all these iterations and possibilities, and finally the computer comes to a crunching stop, and it says the only way to win this game is not, not to play the game. Yes, yeah, I remember. And... And that is that's the game. The, if if you want to beat the the serpent system of debt at the game, then don't play the game. Don't get yes, in debt. Yes. And if you have to get in debt, get out of debt almost immediately. <laughs> and I got and so you know a guy like someone just wrote in here says I'm a Jew. Deal with it. Well, I'm a Jew too. And I will tell you, I'm a, he is a Jew who is one inwardly. And not outwardly in regard to 
his because the the cup on the outside can be absolutely you know it may look good it may be you know fitly made it it may look like a million bucks but the inside may be absolute filth you know and but he is a Jew who who and who do the oracles if you look at the Jewish church okay. And if you want to look at the scriptures in regard to the Jewish church, the oracles came to the Jewish church. So he who is a Jew is the one who keeps the divine law. Okay? It's not necessarily that, you know, I circumcise myself on the outside. That has little gain. That's all in the flesh. All right? It's what I do on the inside. Is my heart. Are the laws written upon my heart such that my intent my intent means everything because my intent expresses my trust. And if I want to talk to you in regard to race, it means nothing. Race is external. It means nothing. What I have to, what we're after is the intent of the heart, which is, which is um, internal. It's the internal man. That's why Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. You know, but one man says, hey, you know, I'm of this race and I, I'm rolling with God, and you can't be because your your skin color is different. It's just horse crap, man. It's horse crap. So they say, well, you know, someone wrote in here, a Jew is not the same as an Israelite. Well, that's that's true. And and what what about this one? Let's go a little further. Saint Paul said, they who are of Israel are not all Israel. We'll see if you can figure that one out. They who are of Israel, they're of the bloodline of Israel, are not all Israel. Well, now, if we were talking about flesh and blood, St. Paul's a liar, and your scriptures have been a nope. If you find one lie, they're nope. They're done. Well, St. Paul said, not all who say they are Israel are of Israel. You know? So, He's talking about a spiritual kingdom that that is, um, it's not subject to the the flesh and blood, uh, whether or not your your blood flowing in your body is of a particular um, genealogy. All right, so they say, well, yeah, but um, Yahweh's people are the white people, period. Okay. I used to think that way too, yes, but believe me, I could go on in fact I think I have given five five hour lectures on Adam and to be ruddy and to show the blood in the face and how there's only one race that can do that. And then I realized what an absolute idiot I was. All right. Um and that literally um for me to elevate myself over another man is is isn't that the isn't that the um the problem you know it wasn't that pride pride said hey I'm special but hold on a minute okay you say that the um that the um Yahweh's people are the white race period well hold on a minute well then Yahweh is a bum and I, I just said it now how do you like that for a second how do you like that guess sick? Because if you say that, then you say, he said there in the scriptures that he doesn't respect persons, period. He has no respect unto the color of your skin, no respect unto what job you do, 
no respect unto you whatsoever, period. Yes, sir. I agree. All right. And if you want to be one of those, it's like, um, you know, I was born into a certain seed, and therefore, God, I got respect for God. Then just throw the whole Bible. Just go ahead and just take the pieces of paper out of there and wipe, wipe them on your ass, because that's about what they're worth. Yeah. But he said he's a he said he's a Jew, right? But doesn't it I say that? Well, well no. what I'm saying is, he did. The Creator didn't say he was the God of the Jews. He said he was the no. God of the he of the Hebrews. That one two cross over. That's right. Yes, sir. Hebrew. <laughs> That's right. Well, and then um, what did he tell um, Peter? He said, Peter. Now, people will take this and they'll say, well, you know, over here in the New Testament, where he tells Peter, Peter has this vision about how he can just uh, slay and eat, and um, you know, but a, one who will look deeper into the Greek than than just the uh, the English words will realize what he's saying to Peter is um, this is open to all people, all people, okay? And you're not to have uh, respect unto, and Paul, when he goes and he withstands Peter because Peter's a little two-faced. I don't know, Peter kind of sounds like the church to me. What, what do you think? And Paul, you know, if you look at Peter as a symbol, Okay, Peter is like the modern church, a little two-faced, all right? When um, the Ducks from downtown come along, Peter says, hey, man, you know, we've we got to observe the, the eating laws, and we've we got to be circumcised, and we've got to have all this external crap, all right? And then when um, Paul comes along and some of the boys that are out there working in the field, you know, he's like, oh, no, no, that's just, uh, we don't have to do that. And Paul stands up to him and says, you're a little bit two-faced, son. You know, and uh, <laughs> which is it? You know, all right. And it's, it's funny to me is Paul never met Jesus, right? That's really funny to me. You know, so Paul is clearly a mystic, clearly, all right. Yeah. And uh, um, he follows mystic Christianity. Clearly, he does. And in fact, if you study carefully, you'll find Paul is quoting books that aren't even part of the canon many, many times, not just once or twice. But many times he quotes books that aren't in the canon. Yes, sir. And, and there's almost a, verbatim. And even the Creator, like you know, like I think it's in the, with the, in the Gospels, when he tells them, you know, to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then this, and they said that the second is such as this: to love your neighbor as yourself. Then, then the, it asks the question: Well, which is of these is greater? And most people pick the first one. He said, no, it's the second one, to love your neighbor as yourself. Because if you do that, you fulfill the first one. Well, that's right, because um, in in Christ Jesus, you have, you have um, you go to um, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 22. And Hebrews seven twenty two tells us that Jesus was the surety for all of the creation, period. All yes. right, now... Now you understand Christ Jesus, okay? Christ condescends. Christ now, now the term Christ is actually defined. The term, I said the term Christ, not the being, the term, okay? Because the scripture says Christ is the wisdom and the power. No, let me say it the other way around. Christ is the power and the wisdom of God, okay? That's 
what he yes. says. Yes, yeah. All right, now, um, we have Christ Jesus, so therefore, before anything came into existence, it was understood, okay, by... Now, look, now I'm going to show you a perfect, beautiful example of this, even though it may twerk some people. I'm going to show you that. Right? <laughs> now you have something called the state called the United States, right? And before yeah. before money can come into existence domestically within that state, okay, first of all, bonds are issued from the United States Treasury, which understands all of that internal money that's issued domestically within the state. You see? Yes. And the people are given the right, they're given the remedy at law to redeem that money and to to enact a a non-taxable zero-sum game where it goes all back to the treasury or to endorse a, a an outsider, an interloper, a a being such as Eve went to and said, hmm, I can get all sorts of stuff with this one. All right? Instead of, you know, um, making demands for lawful money and, and uh, zeroing it out and returning it back to the treasury, no, no, no. Um, the, uh, the people choose the route of Eve in the story um, chasing their desires and their wants, and um, and they they bring a third party into the love test, the love test, right? Yeah, one with spots, right? And we're told don't don't have this one with spots in our love feast, but um, that's what happens, right? And isn't that really a beautiful thing? Because before these notes came into circulation. They had to be understood by a surety, and the bonds understand these notes. Okay, now um, before anything came into the one verse, the universe, the word, if you will, um, it was understood completely by the word. All things that were made were made by and through him, and there was nothing made that wasn't made by or for. Right? The yes, word. sir. And then in the beginning was what? The Word, and the Word was God and the Word, right? And then the Word was made flesh and dwelt with man. So as you can see, um, I've come full circle now, and you can see that if I trespass you, Jim, I trespass God. Yes, sir. I agree. I and understand. if I trespass a brother that's ignorant, I trespass God. And so pride is like a horrible thing, man. Ego and pride terrible things because if we put ourselves at the top of the hill then I no longer am considering you and if I'm at the top of the heap if I'm self-centered the sun has grown dark my heart has grown cold okay and if I'm you know everything is for me 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 then guess who I've left out I've left out you but I've also left out the creator of all, okay, because I have now elevated me to the high creator. I, I understand that. And you're showing forth the love of that creator by doing so. You know what I'm saying? You're walking in the that divine law and that stature of the creator that he put forth from the beginning. Do unto others that you would have them do unto you. And if, you know, the Creator's not demanding us to to worship Him. He gave us free will 
and he, I mean, he, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, absolutely, and that's the beautiful thing about it. The the only thing that we have, be it whatever form we're in, if we're in form, female form or male form, it has nothing to do with nothing. That's matter. I call that the creature, okay? But yes, when sir. I talk about us that we have, I'm saying we all are made of the same substance. We all have a mind. We all have emotions. We all have spirits. So we, we've got all these natures, okay? And yes. Now, um, you know, we learn as you as you study. It doesn't matter what holy book you go to. They're teaching you the or what denomination you choose. Let's say you choose. I mean, there's forty one thousand different denominations of how um, should I say Christianity today? All right, but if you go and you just listen, if you just say, okay, I just want to listen and see what you got to say. It doesn't take long before you hear love is the principle here. What we're trying to do is get to a point where we love each other a little better, okay? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, sure, I agree. And that's why yeah. they stay there or become part of that so-called religion because they, they felt the, the calling of love and that's what everybody is really seeking. They want to be loved and acknowledged, same as the creator. Well, I mean, that's if, the nature of the creator. Love, if I want love, shouldn't I do love? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, yes. so um, so if I want love from somebody who has different color skin from me, um, shouldn't I do love? And, and I'm not talking about, you know, how the world looks at love today is in terms of, you know, the physical act of coitus as in making love. That has nothing to do with it. You know, no. if I'm running my kingdom in a sense where, the kingdom, yeah, okay, so let me say it like this right here. The only thing that man has um, is choice. That is yes. his own. The only thing that we have that is our own is our choice. Yes. That's it. We don't have, um, now look at this guest six with his, now I know where he's going to with adultery. It's so ridiculous. This is what, by the way, I'd like to point out, I'm going to read it here, so I'd like the listener to hear. Now, luckily, this guest six can't come in and, and speak. But he could if he wanted, and I, I challenge him too, actually. So it says, no, you are not to mix with other races, and triple exclamation point. And I used to think the same thing. I used to think, you know, in other words, I had my strong concordance in my hand, and I thought to myself, Mm-hmm. Well, the word adultery means not to mix. I got you. And I used to literally uh, say, well, yeah, the races should stay um, the way it is, and that's fine. That's that's perfectly fine. Now, well, if now let me hold on a minute, Jim. Just hold on a minute. I that's where I used to be too, and I could literally give you literally if you wanted to, I could lay down four or five hours on that alone. But then, one day it'll dawn on you that mankind called them different races. Yes. That That we are human beings. Yes. And we are, he, he, we are kinds. He said, just like there may be 500,000 different flavor of butterfly, but they're still butterflies. Okay. Yes, and and uh, we are kinds. We are just so happened that this beautiful little dark-skinned girl, she told me the other day, she said, 
Well, Mr. Mike, it just so happened that God gave me more color than he gave you. I said, it sure <laughs> did, didn't it? And I said, and your skin is absolutely beautiful. All right? But when you get down with don't committing adultery on a spiritual level, then you'll finally get it. All right? Yeah. So what does yeah. race and color of skin have to do with spirit? Not one that- bit. Not one bit. No, I Not understand that. Well, like you said, there's, it's just like there's many different types of butterfly. They're all from the same, you could say the same family, but uh, but they all look different. I mean, they got the monarch, and I understand that, but uh, it's just like people. When they, yeah. I mean, if they look at it in the physical sense, when you fall in love with somebody, that what are you just supposed to disregard the the emotion and the feeling you have for that person and when they're not around or when they're not uh uh you know what i mean that it's just like it just messes your world up so to speak well yeah you people, desire, you're in love you desire their being and you don't see any aspect uh, of negativity in their being period i mean you you tend to um have a blind eye to the to the points that maybe after 25 years you might be able to nitpick it a little bit but uh when you're in love yeah, that, man you don't see any of that but doesn't the scripture say he doesn't look on the outward appearance he only looks on the intent of the heart and what I'm saying by that, there's so many people saying, well, you're not supposed to mix this and mix that. You know, uh, I understand where they're coming from, and it was taught from way back in ancient times. But at the same time, uh, you know, if it was not supposed to be, then it seemed like there would not be that, that how can I put it, that desire or that... Uh, wantingness to, when you find your soulmate, so to speak? Well, um, you know, there's an idea that uh, that certain people are chosen and elected to uh, to certain status, right, in the kingdom, okay, right? Mm-hmm. And okay. You, you find, you find um, like, if you look at a kingdom which is, or an administration, look at, look at a presidential administration. Doesn't the president choose who's going to make up certain um, – who's going to hold certain offices in his uh, cabinet, right, in, in the administration, right? Yeah. The president chooses, okay? They're not elected. The president chooses, okay? Now, um, and so people will say to you, well, you know, this Israel, uh, whoever they are, but uh, whoever Israel is – and listen, I, I don't even want to hear it, man. I, I got little – you know – I can't tell you how many hours I've studied migrations of peoples, and I literally could just baffle you with uh, with knowledge about um, um, proofs for who Israel is. Fine. Well, go ahead and try this one on precise. Israel defaulted. So how do you like that? Okay? Yeah. Israel defaulted. Yes. Okay, so now what about your chosen status? Okay. That's right. And so um, because they defaulted, literally, they, you know, that's, that's just, 
You don't. I think. Now, I think, now here, here the kingdom is literally open to to any and all. Okay. In other words, there were some who were ch- picked to be examples. But what did they do? They said, okay, no, we want to be just like all the other nations. Okay. So they didn't want to be examples. So now then people who come along in this generation and they say, well, you know, our race is a superior race and it's all, you know, it's, it, what it is is it's all horseshit is what it is. All right. Now, um, if your mind isn't right, okay, if, you're, if, the, if the inside of the cup is built upon race and um, external things of the flesh, well, let's see, let's see, Jesus, okay, let's just say, well, we believe in Jesus and we believe that uh, Jesus came and Jesus said things and our salvation rests in Jesus. And then at the same time, Jesus said, well, um, flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of God. Well, that that stings me right there because um, my whole philosophy was based on, you know, the color of my skin. And right there, Jesus said, flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of God. Well, I mean, that is what we're trying to get, unless I'm true to myself, because one who would postulate such a ridiculous argument, really what he's saying is, I want a chosen status in the earth so I can receive all the benefit from me. Me, 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 me. Okay? So I claim my chosen status, and I'm going to rule over you because God didn't choose you. Well, let's go look at World War II, okay? Germany starts, Germany starts World War II, right? And yep. they, um, and the United States is confederate with uh, Russia, right? Well, after World War II, what did Germany do? Germany flip-flopped and became confederate with the United States. Well, apparently United, God was on the side of the United States and not on the side of Germany while the United States waged war with Russia against Germany. But immediately after the war, when they decided that they were going to choose Russia as their enemy, God then switched sides and said, you know what, I don't want to be on Russia's side anymore. I'm going to be on Germany's side. But I'm going to stay <laughs> on the side of the United States. You know, all right. right. So it doesn't matter. I mean, come on, man. You know, no, I, I agree with you. Like, it's, like he says, it's to whosoever will. They could be red, yellow, black, or white. It doesn't matter. They're all precious in his sight. We're all God's children. It's to whosoever will that has that that desire and that want to to serve the ever-living creator according to his true divine laws. Well, that's right. And that, that's like, so like, for instance, um, thou shalt not commit adultery, for instance, right? So let's look at it from the perspective of the female and we look at it from the perspective of um, uh, the married woman, okay? And um, now we we see it from the perspective of emotion, okay? Um, should, well, I, okay. I, I used to do that, but then, I mean, in some of the things that I've read, I also come across where it says it's disloyalty to God or that true divine law of the creator. Well, that's it. That, I'm going to show you that in just a second here, okay? So let's uh, let's look at it. I'm going to take it at four levels. So let's okay. take it to the emotion in, inside, okay? If I desire something, um, I should I should think about it. Uh, if, if, I, if my body lusts after something and wants something in my carnality, I should take it to the mind, and the mind should submit it to um, 
to Christ, okay? Because the head of the woman is the man, and the head of the man is Christ. So what do we do? We take it over here to another man or woman and form, you know what I'm saying? And let's say we take it to another man, a mind, mm-hmm. and we say, you know, what do you think? What do you think I should do? Well, that's committing adultery. I'm not being true to myself. And at yes. the top of the head of the man is Christ. In other words, I said to myself, okay, I, I'm, I, in fact, there's a schism. I'm not married within because the wife aspect of me, my emotion, went to another man and committed adultery. In other <laughs> words, I intercourse. Let's say I go to you, Jim, and I say, hey, man, what do you think? Well, the, that, that's the feminine aspect of me coming to you and saying, okay, you want to get it on? That's what it means. That's in other words, and this this is this is a temple. But I'm a temple unto myself. I am a temple of the living God. But if I want to commit adultery, then I'm not going to abide by the divine law and set Christ at my head. I'm going to put you at my head, Jim, and I'm going to say, "What do you think?" (laughs) I understand. That's it. That's I understand that. That that's where. We're we're kind of rejecting the divine law and going after our own heart's desires. Well, you know what I mean. It, it, it's figure yeah. speech, but it, uh, yeah. And man has a tendency to do that a lot. But if we, you know, those of us that have that true, sincere desire to know that higher divine law and to walk in it, I mean, uh, and we discipline our mind through knowledge and understanding and things of that sort, then, then we can, you know, go basically onward and upward and expand our knowledge of understanding of that true divine law, which I know that's an unending process because it goes, I mean, there's no end to it. So Well, it, that's why Jesus said at Luke seventeen twenty one, he said, uh, well, hold on a minute. Let me get it from you. I want to quote it exactly right, so I'm going to read it instead. So, I don't uh, butcher it. But they're saying, hey, man, um, you know, how are we going to know when all this stuff's going to come to pass? I mean, because, I mean, if you can get down that maybe this conversation happened 2,000 years ago, and I mean, whatever, I, I'm not going to argue with you there. But they're like, look, how, you know, the, the leaders of the church system, the Pharisees, which there's plenty of them today too, right? Which, by the way, you know, I find really funny is that even the so-called holy rollers that get into race, they have no idea what the difference in, in uh, philosophy is between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. None. And and it's like, okay, that that's pretty key there to know that difference. But listen to what he says. And when he demanded this of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God doesn't come with observation. Yes, sir. Well, now, <laughs> that's pretty amazing right there. The kingdom of God doesn't come by observation. So if the kingdom of God is made up of the people of God, and the people of God, it, it can't come with observation, what in the hell does skin color got to do with this? <laughs> he then goes on and says, Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, but before, behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Yeah. And he says, okay. Those that say to go, that it's low here or low there, go not out. Don't go. Don't follow that. That's not what I'm telling you. And, and all these philosophies is what he's talking about. They say, hey, look, Christ over here, Christ out this philosophy. Now, now the Holy Rollers will tell you, 
oh, no, 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 they're going to have this big deception coming up in the future where it'll look like Jesus has returned and he'll be out there somewhere in the desert. Poor shit. <laughs> the desert is your carnal mind. And it's the philosophies of this, that, and the other telling you they, they're getting down with Christ now. All right? And yeah. the valley, the low place, the desert, the dry place, it's your carnal mind where you think race and the color of your skin means a hill of damn beans to what's written in your heart. It don't mean nothing. It doesn't mean nothing. I, I agree. And they're telling them he's out there in some nebula somewhere that they're going to go meet him in their physical bodies. And they oh, have no yeah. clue. Don't fly you off. Don't fly you off. Well, how about this? How about this? Esau, Red, Ruddy, Red, Rosh, Rush, Russia, Esau. Okay, what about uh, Esau? What, what about this Esau? He's a man of the field, right? He worked yeah. the field. What does it mean to work the field? The field is your place of conscience. What does it mean to work it? It means you till the ground. What does it mean to till the ground? It means you come up with your own doctrines, your own philosophies, your own teachings, which are based in confusion because they're based on your five senses, okay? And your five senses don't tell the whole story. They're based on your central nervous system, which is why the tree, go look it up. It's at Atosh, and you go look up 69, and you're going to find the spine, as in firmness. Okay, we're talking about the central nervous system, all right? So we have this red one, this ruddy one, this one of, of uh, also Cain, another twin set, okay? Cain and Abel are twins. We have another twin set, all right? Now, um, of Jacob and Esau, what did it say of Jacob? He, was, he, was, he wasn't a man of the field. He wasn't red. He wasn't ruddy. Jacob was a spiritual being, okay? He he sat he sat in the tent and listened to his mama. Go go to uh, Proverbs thirty one and you'll understand. She's the teacher in the tent, and he was more than willing to sit and listen to her. Well, Esau went out in the field and earned his living out in the field, scratching it out, eking it out. Okay, well let's go on now, preacher. Let's go on to uh, Jeremiah. Okay, let's read about Jeremiah. Let's read about all his pastors who want to tell you that. It's the color of your skin and all sorts of other horse shit. All right, let's get on over there to Jeremiah. Where is it? Jeremiah 12. And he says, he says, um, he says that Jeremiah 12, chapter 10, uh, excuse me, Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 10, many pastors have destroyed my vineyard. They have trodden my portion underfoot. They have made my pleasant portion a desolate wilderness. I mean, come on, man. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) I understand that. Where's the the old corn? Where's the old corn that Adam and the boys ate on? They don't have any clue about the old corn. They're all the new fool, the new school. It talks about the color of your skin. It's horse shit. And I didn't do with your skin color. He's ruddy and red having to do, I mean, understand what color was the horse which brought war? Red. Was it not? The red horse brings war. The four horses, doesn't the red horse bring war? I said, oh, no, no, hold on a minute. You're stretching the truth here. That's, that's for a time to come. No, it's today at your next choice that will ride four horses and which one's going to pull the cart, friend. <laughs> 
Is it going to be white? Is it going to be red, speckled, or black? Which one's it going to be? It could be a combination. It could be a combination of a few of them. (laughs) That's right. Might be all four. And uh, maybe you got one pulling from the east. Maybe it's that white horse coming from the east, right? Yes, sir. Okay, but but you gotta be careful about that white horse now because there's a fake one riding. Okay, one that'll tell you that your color of your skin matters. Horse shit. There's two Jesuses in the book, friend. One of them's carnal, and the other one is is speaks to the to the internal kingdom. And the one who preaches the external kingdom is is the many pastors that have uh, beaten down and trodden my portion underfoot. I mean, see how they trotted underfoot? They've tilled the ground and taken their own philosophies and a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and they think they got a little knowledge with their strong concordance in their hands. They don't know nothing. Nope, uh, that's I the said, truth. Well, according to words such and such and strongs and Brian Driver, uh, uh, what is it, um, Brown Driver Briggs and, and these guys, which they did fantastic works. I'm not saying that Dr. Strong's work was a bad work. It's a great work, okay? And you look at uh, Thayer's and these other dictionaries. I mean, get them all. I mean, get them all and read it and read it and read it and read it. But I'm telling you, until you come to the point where you realize you don't know your head from a hole in the ground, then you will not have um, the wisdom of what it actually means. And how this came to me like that was this. When I read the Constitution, of the of um, the United States for the United States of America, I started noticing there was capital words in that Constitution that did not make any sense at all. And I said the 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 rules of capitalization they taught me in school, not one of those words com, com, complied to the rules of capitalization. Well, I started looking around, and I found that there was this other rule they never got right around to teaching me called a capitonym. And then, sure enough, I looked that up, and it says this is a predefined term. It has it does not have the common meaning in the everyday sense of the common understanding. It's a predefined term, and that what that told me is, unless I was in that internal group which established the thing, I could never know what it meant because the word doesn't have a common meaning. So my strong concordance doesn't mean a damn thing to me anymore, does it? No, it don't. I agree. What's it going to help me? How's it going to help me? The Holy Spirit lets me know, and then that's how I know, because it didn't come to me with my own work. It comes to me like as I chew on it and muddle it over, and all of a sudden I'm not even talking about something, and bam, it's like, oh, God, that's what it means. And I know that's what it means because it's so clear. It's so true, you know, and and it's... It's true across many levels. That's how the beauty of how the Bible is written. It's true the wisdom of how you can tell the, the the thumbprint, the fingerprint of the Holy Spirit is on it. Is that you don't once you start to recognize that wisdom, and that it's written like like a rung on a ladder, and it's true on the first rung, and it's true on the last rung, and every rung in between, depending on where you are on the ladder, you have a different perspective of how of what you're looking at. All right. And like, for instance, they'll say that St. Paul's commission was to the kings and queens. It was to the elect and then to the common man. And depending on what 
status you're you're in, you're going to read the book differently. Okay, right? Because you're going to have yes. a different perspective. Yeah, like you were saying, on many different levels. <clears throat> and he said that he did it that way to hide the truth from his enemies. And if we look at it, those of us that are sincere, that are really searching and diligently seeking, you know, it's not just in one place. I mean, the more we dig, we find a little and then maybe go a little deeper and finally get a greater understanding of it. And like you were talking about that prior to what what you were saying about that it didn't have that meaning at all. It's only you had to be there when they put that together in order to understand what it meant. And that's a good thing because we have to come before the Creator with a pure heart and an open mind in order to receive. Because somebody just going in there thinking they're going to find out something to get over on someone, they're going to miss the boat. They're going to get a different understanding of what's really going on. And we That's it right. has to be of a pure thought and a pure mind and heart in order well, to receive I, I, that true knowledge like you were saying just with that about the Constitution. I mean, most people... I bet you uh, there's probably very few that's picked up on what you have there, brother. Well, because, and here's the thing, if you just said that to me five years ago, uh, you know that the saying if you ever watched The Lord of the Rings where the, the female is tested, uh, the, the Frodo, Frodo, whatever he calls himself, he gives the ring to this uh, female, and she she literally wells up, man. I mean, she's like this the terrifying, you know, giant of uh, um, of all power is now in her, and she wells up. And what that's a symbol of is our pride and our ego, man. And then she suppresses it, and she gives him back to the ring, and, and, and she says, I, I, I passed. And then she gives him a light in order to guide him in places where it gets really dark. And and that's the that's the thing. If you'd have said that to me before, uh, years ago, when I was on the path, I would have said, yes, yes, I am the great man, and uh, I am very uh, um, worthy of your compliments because I've worked so hard, and, and I am the great man, and you, you should say things like that. <laughs> but yeah. now, but I is that woman and, and, like she said, the Lord of the Rings, that, I mean, that woman gave him that light to help him through the dark paths, isn't yes. that mother? Isn't that mother wisdom? And under uh, you know the the Shekinah, the feminine aspect. She is. Um, she is the. Um, if the, I challenge the listeners on the call to go to go read uh, Proverbs thirty one, she yes. is the mother yes. nature of the Godhead. She is El Shaddai. She is Shaddai. Listen to it. If you hear the Hebrew, you'll hear it shad of the breast okay okay yeah. she can be absolutely tender she can hold that little baby on her paps and secure that little baby the most she is she is tender she is mercy she is love she is she feeds the baby from her own body the the milk this is why in other cultures they revere the cow because of the, the cow produces milk and the baby drinks milk, therefore the milk is wisdom. Because and then she is Shaddai. She is frightening, dude. I'm telling you, you cross you cross Mama with uh, having to do with her baby, dude. She will. She is. She can. She can be frightening. And right, 
and and therefore the spirit moved upon the face of the deep and the hounding tore the place down. Okay, and oh, yes. so you go to that you go to that um, Enoch and you find well she dwelt with the sons of man but she could not find a place to deal with the sons of man so she she ascended and took her seat with the heavens in the with the angels. Enoch forty two verses one and two, and and so you have in Shaddai you have both a duality of um, a loving, caring, tender, merciful, um, providing mother, one who teaches, one who instructs, one who walks with you and and experiences with you, but you also have one that will tear your ass. I mean, that will tear your rear end up if you. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Uh, especially you mess with her children. <laughs> and you know what? When the children mess with her, it could be rough too. You know what I mean? So uh, um might be a couple of green green uh, twigs plucked off the branch, come on back and get some straightening out done. All right? So, um, you know, um, that is Shaddai. That is that woman. That is the... But inside of us, we got this pride, we got this ego, we got this self, me, me, me type of thing, and uh, um, and so we want it our way. And you know, this is this is confusion as we were, we're rebelling against our uh, our mother. And when Jesus, he told them, "What was the old boy Nicodemus? Nicodemus interestingly comes to him at night. You know, he doesn't want to be exposed in the day of his duplicity, so he comes at night." Okay, and yes. and he he's like, hey man, you know, I know you got the truth. Okay, I well, I can get down with this. So can you? Uh... All right. So he says, look, you got to enter. You know, you got to be born again. And he says, born born of the spirit above is what he says, really. But you know, Nicodemus is like, hey, I can't enter back into my mama's womb. So he kind of gets it on an external sense, but he doesn't get it oh. on an internal sense in regard to the renewing of his mind, to the washing of his feet, which is a yeah, symbol for his lower mind. He was literal minded instead of spiritually minded. Yes. So so he's got the fancy robe, he's he's a he's a priest in the house, he's got you know, he's got all the titles, I mean he's the big man on campus, whatever. And um hey, you know, he's and he deserves it, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you know, but all of a sudden, maybe one day on your path you'll realize that Christ has been working in your life from the very beginning of your life. Oh yes, sir. Yes. And that these experiences are are refining us, are 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 pulling the dross out of us, to where we realize, hold on a minute, my intent was all wrong. My intent, really, the the reason why I I clung to the, my the skin of my race or whatever, or I clung to these external realities was for was for my good in regard to my carnality. In other words, I said, thou shalt not steal because, you know, really I kind of like driving my fancy car and I don't want someone to come steal my car, right? But yeah. it's, in other words, I'm not going to steal from you in regards to, you know, um, equities and possessions that you have because, hey, Carnally, I would kind of like to keep the house I'm, you know, living in now, and I don't really want you to steal it from me, right? Yeah. But, but that's just a school teacher. That has nothing to do um, 
with the divine aspect of the spirit, what if I recognize in you a gift that is beautiful that I don't have, but what I do to you, Jim, is I beat you over the head with what I do have. So I have I, I become the the framer. I become the builder. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to build and shape and mold you into my image. Okay, because uh, yeah. your image ain't good enough. You need to be in my image. Cancel. I understand. I don't want to, I don't want to put, put that out on the, on the waters. Cancel that. But you understand what I just said. All right. Yeah. I meant what I just I, said. So, so the re, the beautiful thing of that is, if I work overtime to make you into my image, through the use of fear, through the use of your emotions and um, your angers and your your greeds and whatever, because um, why would you submit to me and make me your pastor or your representative unless you were afraid? Okay. So. Um, if I make you into my image, guess what I did? I just stole from you. I stole that which was for your benefit and for your good, and I took it from you. You didn't even know I did it, did you? Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, that's true. And that's what happens with a lot of people. I we all, the, the so-called system kind of steals our life essence from us. To, they're conforming, like you said, they're conforming trying to conform us to their image to do their bidding and what they desire. In other words, you can't hang around with me unless you're like me. Right. You know, like attracts like. That's what they say. But I know it's uh, it actually attracts the opposites. But uh, but they they use that saying, that like attracts like. Well, well you can't hang around with me unless you like me or you do what I tell you to do, basically. Well, now, now all of a sudden, you're building me up. Now I'm building you up. I say, Jim, you're such a great man. I mean, you're so smart, Jim. How did you get to be so smart? And <laughs> and man, I tell you what, man, you just always have the right answer. And man, I sure am glad there's a guy like you, Jim, because man, you're just awesome, man. And to a certain point, you see, now I've just made you my king. You see. Yeah, and they're putting people in a place of safety where they feel comfortable. Yeah, see, I tell people this all the time. Sometimes people will tend to, if if you've been gifted with any intellect, it's natural for people to want to compliment you and um, whatever. And I have this, you know, and and it's this constant struggle with my ego, and and I'll tell them things. I'll say, don't make me your man king. Believe me, you do not want me to be your man king. Because I know the frailties in my in my ego, and you don't want me to be your man king. Believe me, right? <laughs> so yeah. I just I just tell them flat out, and they don't understand. But I mean, what it does is it is it puts a firewall between what they're doing and my ego. I, I put a stopgap in there, right? No, I understand that because there's a lot of people out there like that. You you fill them full of smoke, so to speak, and that. They tend to, you know, like you said, they tend to like it, and they'll they'll uh, convert over to that. You could say, in a way, that it has to be that way after a while. Well, and what we're really trying to do is what we're trying to do is to um, plant some seed here and water the seed there, and yes. hopefully the father will say, "Okay, it's time." 
Okay, so now um, what I can't do is I can't say, okay, I'm the one who can make it grow. It's going to be under my watch. If you came to my house, I'm going to make the seed grow. And and I used to get so frustrated, man, because I used to literally give like four and five-hour seminars at least once a week. I'd give one at least once a week. And I would just get so unbelievably frustrated. And um, my wife told me one day, she's like, look, you're not God. Why do you keep trying to be God? Why do you keep trying to, you know, change the mind of somebody else? That's not your that's not what you do. That's 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 not what you just put it out there. Throw it out there and quit trying to have expectations about somebody else. And um and that's what I do now. That's why you've heard me say before on the past couple of weeks, I'll just go ahead and put it out here. Those who are meant to hear will hear. Those who don't hear, they're not meant to hear yet. That's how it is. Yes, sir. I agree. And, you know, the carnal mind hears that and says, well, not on my watch. I'm going to pay attention and I'm going to hear. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I can't tell you how many calls and emails I got over the past two or three weeks going, can you please explain that to me one more time? And... And that's what I know. If you don't have eyes to see and ears to hear, I could explain it like I'm talking to a two-year-old, and it literally will go right above. They're just—they're not meant to hear at that time. No, it goes right over their head, and uh, you know. But in times past, and the way the churches do it, I mean, you got to basically carry an axe in two thirty-eight. You're either going to stab them to death or shoot them, basically. I mean, because they always use that scripture, Acts two thirty eight. Yes. Well, I mean, I mean, I can I can understand to try to get somebody's attention, and yeah, but here's the thing: when you start thinking that you've got to sell something to somebody, okay, like have you ever noticed how the public school system works overtime to sell itself to you? And the reason why they work overtime to sell it to you because it's a piece of crap. They need salesmen. If if something was wonderful and and uh, and it was absolutely incredible, let me tell you, you'd need about two salesmen, and it would spread like wildfire. Everybody would want it, okay? Because it would be great. You sell the reason for salesmen is to sell sell a piece of crap. Someone's got to get there and, and say, Hey, yeah, all piece of crap does this and it does that. You know, it does this very small thing which will satisfy you for five minutes, then you have to buy another piece of crap, right? That's the truth. You're right there. I mean that's Farm Casilla right there, one oh one. We'll dress up some pretty handsome woman or man and we'll send them out with a a bag full of drugs and tell the doctors, hey, look, our piece of crap, it, uh, it does X, Y, Z, but I'm sorry, every now and again it could cause um, increased risk of suicide and potentially internal bleeding and, um, you know, blah, 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 blah. But I'm telling you, based on whatever whatever you want stopped, I mean, it does that, but you have to keep coming back to us now, okay? Oh, yeah, and they tell the doctor <laughs> when they go, well, we're going to give you some free samples to see and then you can push these for us. And, you know, because it'll do this and this and this and this. And then after a while, they give the people that. The next thing you know, they're coming back more. Then then people, well, I want what you gave them last time. And then then they start selling it to them, and they're through the roof, you know. 
Well, you remember that one where they um they they sold this to the women. It was called um, Jazz or Caz or some some shit that they took and it was supposed to help them um, not have their periods anymore. Which is crazy because you a woman is natural for her to have a time a month to flush it out. It's just crazy. All right, so yeah. uh, so um, uh, well, you know, I remember I remember. Um, um, watching these commercials and thinking to myself, God, this is a load of, you know, what? And, uh, so, um, uh, sure enough, about um, six to eight months, a year down the road, there's a billion-dollar lawsuit class action for all these women that uh, got so sick that they died, you know, taking this crap that would keep them from having a period, which is natural, you know. And they did yeah. it all through this their emotions and their greeds. And they said, Well, you know, I don't want I don't want all that anymore. I don't want to experience that. So I I would just want to be happy and and uh, pain free and whatever. But they took something which is natural, um, and then uh, perverted it, put it put a beautiful woman out there to sell it to them all and, you know, probably put the handsome men and women to go deliver up to the doctor's office. And well, next yeah. thing you know, people are dying. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, they're, yeah, yeah, they're giving sense. them all these pharmaceuticals and things like that, and they're turning around. Even kids, or I say, well, they are kids. They're, you know, from about 16 on up, uh, that, you know, they're, how can I put it? They're, they're losing their desire. They're trying to put, the, like, that, what do they call it, Viagra and that Cialis and stuff like that for the people, yeah. they're pushing it. Kids yeah. 18, 16 on up, you know, that they they can't, their their natural cycles and wants are not there, you know. A, a 21-year-old guy can't even, you know, stand at attention no more. I mean, it's the stuff that they're putting in these pharmaceuticals and in the food and everything else. They're trying to stop it. Well, there's a lesson. There's a lesson if you if you'll dig deep into the Hebrew, and I know you got to look deep into the Hebrew. But and and now uh, in in the the story of Noah, um, it's said of Noah that he would not. Okay, now what they're doing is they're using a physical story to tell you a a a, a spiritual. Um, meaning. In other words, the physical story is an allegory for the spiritual meaning, right? That's the yes. key of Christ Jesus. So it says of, of Noah that his his generations were perfect before the Lord, right? Yes. Well, now, first of all, we got a problem. How can anybody stand perfect before the Lord when the very scripture says that all have fallen short of the glory of God, okay? So yes. it ain't, Noah was not perfect, all right? So what was perfect before the Lord? Okay, well, when you go look and chase this word generations, there's, it's used twice. When you look at the second w- use of the word, you'll see it's pedigree. Okay, now, aha, says guest six, there it is, the race. He can't, he didn't, right, but hold on a minute. What is the story talking about? It's talking about other beings from other dimensions which are mixing with humankind, not that, you know, Noah intermixed with other, uh, didn't mix with other humankind. The story is about intermixing with other dimensional beings, okay? Now, it says it took, um, 
uh, Noah something like 500 years, basically, to find a wife. Okay? <laughs> now, that's pretty, pretty diligent. Pretty diligent. Yeah. He looked a long time to find him a decent wife, right? <laughs> One that his, his uh, pedigree, you know, I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is probably an allegory, okay? <laughs> you know, yeah. Noah. You know what I mean? He had to get used to his hand. That's all I got to say. <laughs> you know, damn. <laughs> uh, you know, I understand but, that. Uh, 500 years. Uh, all right. Well, um, five is in grace, right? And um, uh, anyway, uh, what if Noah and his three sons are also symbols for planets? But um, here we go. I, I'm going to stay away from it. But um, but in, in some other cases, you can even go Noah as in a symbol for um, a a church um, system before and after the deluge when the waters overran um, on the face of the earth and the waters meaning truth. We have total confusion. Everything is wiped out. Or you could say, yep, you know, that everything was wiped out about uh, so many years ago. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Okay? It doesn't matter. But but the thing is, is... um. um and to go back to this idea of pedigree, and his um, pedigree was um, pure before the Lord. In other words, he took care. He just didn't go headlong into, yeah, I'm hungry today. I think I'll have some of these tasty crackers. Now, what does it say? It's on the back of the crackers here. Well, it's got X, Y, Z, and Zava. I mean, it may as well be written in um, some foreign language for God's Hell, it is written in a foreign language. I can't pronounce half the stuff on the back of the cracker box. You know what I mean? No, and they do that deliberately too. And and so the point is, is am I going to make the choice of eating this cracker, okay? Uh, or you know, I think I have some of this taste to catch up. Well, it says here the number one ingredient sugar, number two is high fructose corn syrup. Well, I don't know, it sure is tasty, but I don't know, just maybe it might not be good for me, right? Yeah. And uh, um, that's my point is that um, he was careful. And we have to be careful, too. We have to be more diligent. We have to be more diligent to um, to uh, to look at each decision that we're going to do. And, um, you know, if we're concerned about the food, then we should start maybe building community where folks grow different things, you know, right, in our little community. Um, and we can trust each other's food, right? We're part of the same community. Yes. Um, maybe we have some bees. Somebody, somebody does the bees. Another guy does the tomato. Another guy, whatever. You go to your community, and um, you go down there to the guy who knows how to harvest the seed, and you 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 say, hey man, what do you want for your your seed here? He says, uh, I don't know. How's twenty dollars to pay for my time? He said, no problem, <laughs> no problem. Okay. Oh yes, sir. And, I agree. And you you pay him, and and then you you say, hey man, would you teach me how to harvest that good heirloom seed so I can go ahead, as it comes forth, I can go ahead and have that heirloom seed for me. I can dry it out and I can have it, lay it up on the shelf here, right? Sure. Because the law will tell you that heirloom seed's only good for 25 years, which is bullshit. That heirloom seed will sit for the rest of your life and be good, all right? I agree with you there. All right. So... These little things like that, because you never know one day you might need to be able to put some seed in the ground and get something to come up, you know. Oh, well, uh, yes. Yeah. What they're doing with some of the seeds now, you might plant corn and get something else another time. 
or something so far out of whack that it takes a nature of its own that you wouldn't want to eat or give it even to your animals. Yeah. So, I mean, we went, we were up at, um, we had to go up to a show, um, get this, this interesting weekend. We went up to a show, um, in Richmond to, um, to sell our water filters, uh, water purification systems. We look Mm -hmm. at it like this. You know, if you even paid full retail, you're doing yourself a tremendous favor because you'll be, you'll have access to good, clean drinking water. And so we get up there and the guy tells us, um, there's three dealers here um, that are actually selling that same product. And would you consider, you know, selling your colloidal silver, colloidal gold, colloidal copper instead? And I said, well, okay. Um, in, in return, I'll um, let you guys come to another show coming up and you want to pay for it. Like, All right, very good. There has to be some good here. I kept telling myself, even though when he first started telling me this, I was cross-eyed, man. We'd driven all the way to Richmond and Raleigh, and I was literally cross-eyed. And uh, so I'm like, there's got to be a good here somewhere, right? And um, I kept looking for the good. And it turns out we're sitting right beside this guy who, you know, he is all about heirloom seeds. And uh, so... I said, hey, man, you think we could do some barter in here? And um, he says, yeah, no problem. And so, you know, we were able to take home a tremendous, we probably took home something like 20,000 heirloom seeds, you know what I mean? And, wow. Uh, um, and and it was tremendous. Now you, you say, well, you didn't make any other sale or whatever. I don't know what's around the corner, man. And, you know, I'm sitting here with enough seed that I, you know, I've got enough seed where I can plant, you know, an acres full of uh, garden and be easily taken care of for a full year, you know. And well, um, that, that's just all get the, Yeah, plus you get the seeds, the heirloom seeds, which will sustain you and your family for years to come. That's right, because um, I know how to take the seed out of the flower or take it out of the fruit and... Uh, like in squash, for instance, you just let that thing grow up to about the size of a bowling pin. You take, cut it open, take the seed out, dry it out, and there you go. You got seed for next year, right? Yes, sir. And knowing those little things, you know, is going to be um, the difference, I think. You know, because I mean, like if if what we talked about at the beginning at the top of the show happens, where there's an EMP pulse. Um, which fries all the electronics here, then your car won't work. You're, you're done. Your car ain't going to work. You better have a you know something else. Your car ain't going to work. And, no, uh, a horse or something to light, get around on. Lights, car, anything, computer, um, it's done. Done. Yes, sir. Um, so it better better not have all your tools, uh, electrical tools or gas tools, because they're done. They're, they're done. And um, um, it's time to, um, if you've got a little bit of um, knowledge about uh, maybe some chickens, a cow, you know, some goats, you say, how am I going to cut my lawn? Well, I don't know. Put some chickens out there. They'll cut it. (laughs) Oh, well, that's true. Or some sheep. That's what a lot of farmers do. Like uh, right down the road from where we live, there's a a lot of farmers and that. The one guy has, I bet you, he has like three or 4,000 sheep, and they're just clearing those fields for them. You absolutely better believe it. And, you know, the man who um, 
Yeah, I think it says somewhere in the scriptures in those days, a man with one cow and a couple of sheep, I mean, he's going to be doing all right. You know, and then mm-hmm. another place in Isaiah, he says, um, he says, right now it's all beautiful. He said, but um, I'm going to make it to where there's going to be an absolute stink. And all the little stuff, the earrings, the nose rings, the purses, the dainty little bright anklets, he said, all of it's going away. Every bit of it's going away. And he said, I'm going to, make oh, yeah. it, I'm going to turn it into a stink. So, you know, the point is, is look, look, look around, man. We live in the place of absolute opulence. I've traveled around the whole world. I had the, the privilege of traveling around the world when I was in the service. And I've seen um, poverty that literally is so poor. It hurt your soul. It's so poor. And like when I went across this uh, at Gibraltar, when I was in Spain, and went down to Gibraltar and went across to Morocco. The poverty in Morocco was just, it, it, it was just, uh, it was unbelievable. You wow. know, or when I went to places in Mexico, um, just, Unbelievable, and you say, "How could it be? How could they be this poor?" You know, but um, they are. And you come back to the states, and literally, you hear people say they they get down and kiss the ground when they come back to the states. Well, yeah. If you've ever been to some places outside the states, you'll understand. You know. Oh yeah. What they I mean. have, uh... You know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. And, and and so why, it gives why you don't you tell a man? Why don't our fellow man, oh, why don't they have enough uh, love within themselves to, you know, to help people? I mean, they don't. They don't. It's like they don't care. That's not my problem. I don't need to think about it. And they just go by the wayside. I mean, it's okay. so sad. Well, now we bring it back full circle to the very beginning, and it comes down to the principle. What is the principle which rules your life? Is it faith? Is it love or is it self? Okay, and now we come back to the scriptures, and this is actually a proof for how true. When you start to understand, you know, when he says in those days the sun will go dark, there's no love. The sun is love. There's no love. It, and, and Jesus said it like this, the heart will grow cold. The heart is a symbol for the sun. Okay, and the heart grows cold. There's no love. And it said the moon will turn to red. Well, yes. there's that red again, you know. Everybody's going to be like in a warlike state, but also when the moon turns to red, there's no faith because the moon reflects the light of love, and if therefore the moon reflecting the light. See, they got it backwards today. They've got the moon projecting the light, and, and they say, well, we pledge our good faith and credit, and therefore we establish love between each other. In other words, we'll do what the laws say in love. It's backwards. If we put the love first and let the sun emit the light and the moon reflects the light, but they got it backwards, all right? So now the moon turns red. Okay, there's no faith. And and what do we have left? Self. So look around you. What do you see? And it, it comes down to the intent in your heart. Is it self-centered? Is it is it ego-centered, self-centered, pride-centered, or do I love the Lord my God with all my heart, my soul, my mind? The sun. Do I love you as I love myself? The moon, or do I put myself above all of it? You see, 
It's yeah. beautiful when you see it. When you see it, yeah. and, 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 and that's why that's why St. Paul wrote, there's the glory of the sun, the glory of the moon, and the glory of the stars, and one star's glory differs from another. Stars are the virtues, and when they talk about the stars starting to fall, this is when the, even the virtues go dark. Okay. Uh, I can understand that. I mean, because if, I mean, even the neighbors next door, the tea. I mean, people used to in the communities when I was growing up. Everybody would talk to everyone. They all got along, and things like that. I mean, there there was trouble here and there, but not like it is now. I mean, people don't even talk. They live right next to you, and they don't even talk to you. They might wave once in a great while and hurry up and go in the house, but that's about it. They don't they don't communicate no more. And if if they do, it's it's a complaint about something, and it, they well, lost the love of the creator. Well, they got these phones and these computers was supposed to um, help us to communicate more. But the problem is, is it took away our personal communication, and it made things sterile and mechanical. And you know how they say, like, um, just to tie this back into consciousness and how this is dealing with you know, conscience, you know, it's said about those who um, take the mark of the beast, they first take it in the hand. Okay? Well, let's tie let's, let's go ahead and put it together here. First of all, the hand has to do with labor. How do you work? Okay? Now, um, but the mark of the beast has to do with your mind because the beast system is a system of self-love. Okay? It's one yeah. that's totally controlled by... Um, her emotions. I say her emotions because the emotions feminine in the allegory. Okay? Now, Scripture tells us, wives, submit yourself to your husband. But that's not how it's run today. What we need to do is appeal to the wife, the emotion, and then we can get the emotion to rule the mind. Because in emotion, you go down there and buy that fancy truck because it's uh, it's black and it's jacked up. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Got big tires. Yeah. I want that. Yeah. All right, well, all right. Uh, all right, no, that's no good, all right, unless it got under the hood, okay, so the V8, V6, how much can it pull, right, you know, right? Yeah, it's got, a, it's, it's got a 454 in there. <laughs> no, right. I know what you're saying, I'm just joking around. Yeah, but, I know, I know, but, but the, uh, and, and, you know, just recognizing this in ourselves, you know, I sort of got off, um, got pulled away but recognizing these things in ourselves is part of understanding the kingdom of god within you because then you see how you're being okay i'll show you a prime time example clearly anybody that's even halfway awake knows that what happened september the 11th in the year 2001 was a conspiracy uh people conspired to do this thing and world governments were part of this conspiracy and yes. you don't even have to look any further than what the Saudis just told Obama to know this is an absolute truth, all right? All right? But yeah. and if you're an engineer like me and you can do simple math and calculate um, gravity and you understand moments of inertia, um, then you're done already. It's like forget it. Everything else is a lie. Um, hmm. So um, what did they do? They dropped those two buildings. And and what did it do to the people? 
they went into a constant state of fear. Okay, yes. immediately, a state of helplessness, a state of fear. And in that state of fear, they were completely manipulated. All right, there was not anyone strong enough to stand up and say, no, I don't want this. Just whatever was done at that point, it was done. The representatives said, hey, we got to do what we could do. As long as the, the manipulators came forth and said, we got to get those bastards, everybody was like, yeah, let's get them, you know. They messed up the world trade because that's what they hit, the world trade buildings. And it did. It really put the the world trade in a – how how can I say it? They put it in an uproar, and they basically started taking it away, so to speak. Well, the point is, is to learn the lesson of of – what exactly happened, how did it happen, how did, um, see, the lesson of who did what to who is not the lesson. The lesson of what, how was I compromised in this? It instilled something in me, okay, what was it that was put in me which caused me not to act, okay? And and when you start, you start, analyzing yourself, you start to realize, indeed, the kingdom of God is within me. Because how can I stand with a pure conscience if I don't have a pure conscience? I'm compromised in fear or lust, greed, anger, whatever, right? Yeah. Um, um, I mean, if you look at the story of, of Jesus, I mean, if anybody had a reason to be pissed off, it'd be Jesus, all right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking that he, you know, if that was me, I'd probably be ready to take a flamethrower to some people. Okay? <laughs> you ain't kidding. Right? You know, and you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, you're looking at, okay, what's going on inside of me? When this happens to me, if I can look at that event and say this event is for the, the very good for me, even though it seems like, you know, I'm the victim here and I'm being abused, but there may be something in here for me, for my good, right? Yes. And now, okay, my perspective is no longer in love or self, but my perspective, excuse me, my perspective is no longer in faith and self, it's in love, because I'm looking for the love, I'm looking for the good, and the very good. And so, um, now it's not about me so much, is it? Now it's not about my skin, It's it's not about... Um, physical, literal things, and it's more about intent. No, I agree. Like the Messiah teacher, when he was teaching the people, he told them, you know, it, it's what it's within that counts. I mean, not it's not the outer uh, man, but it's the inner man. If if we in the the way he opened up the so-called scriptures and explained what the true meanings of that was, you know, and he did miracles. Once he opened the people's hearts and minds where they can understand, they received it with gladness, those that adhered to it, and then they became whole again. Like, you know, like they talk about the miracles and all this and that. Once they understood the true meaning of what, you know, the divine law is all about, and by them being able to, speak it forth in faith and truth, you know, it be, 
they were made whole again. They received their sight. They were able to walk again. You know, it was just aspects of the mind because the mind, like it says, what is disease? It is the mind at, you know, not at ease. You know, yeah, and it tells us to... Go ahead. What's that? It tells us to go ahead. You know, when when we're when our minds in a turmoil, we're not at ease to where we can think it through and receive the divine. How can I put it? Uh, knowledge come forth, or the answer come to us, to where we can see past the illusion and see what truly is that it is truly within our hand and within our power to do these things and make them manifest. You know, but before, you know, the through the so-called churches and the the people that were usurping authority over them, that they would, um, how can I put it? They they tend to adhere to what they were saying, and got had gotten away from the true divine law of what is, and they didn't. I guess. In that day, they, a lot of them didn't have that much knowledge like people do now because they were farmers and other things. And uh, But they knew the laws from their forefathers and stuff like that. But people tend to twist and turn and change things, and it becomes, um, after a while, it becomes a truth to them, even though it might not be. You know, well, if you hear it long enough and it's taught to you long enough, then you tend to believe it. I exa- I, there's a guy in the um, – I agree exactly what you're saying, is that uh, we have to be real careful about the traditions that have been handed down to us because uh, they may be lies, you know, so we have to test everything. And that's why I can get down with Jesus because he said, uh, prove me, test me, you know. And, I mean, he's from the show me state. I am too. I want to yeah. see, you know, show me. All right, yeah. so – um, uh, look at this uh, law fan in here. He says, we're told to be as wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove. And I want to show you some things about that serpent and and this dove, too. Um, first of all, um, the thing about the turtle dove, it, that this dove that he's talking about is the turtle dove. And you look at the turtle dove, and the really interesting thing about the turtle dove is that, generally speaking, Two eggs are laid in the in the uh, in the nest. One of the eggs is male, and the other in the, is female. And when they hatch, those two mate for life. Okay, isn't that really interesting? Oh yeah. Uh, and they live. They they are brought up in the nest. They're brought up. That's why the turtle dove is a spiritual bird. Okay. Now the other thing about that dove is this: if if you mess with mama's baby, she will tear your ass to pieces. All right. <laughs> I mean, she will flat out tear you to freaking pieces. All right. And she don't. She don't mess around. All right. So um, that dove can be gentle. It has a very easy coo. You know. Right. You hear it. Y'all. Shalom. Hear it. Y'all. Shalom. Right. Yeah. Very easy. It's very soothing and peaceful. She'll tear you to pieces. You mess with her children. Right. All right. Yes. 
this is male and female who created he them. They the two are one. They 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 marry and they become one for life. They do not commit adultery. They are together for life. That's why the turtle dove is a spiritual spiritual uh, um, animal, right? Yes. Uh, now, what about this serpent? There's a place in the scripture where um, Moses made the serpent, put it on this brazen pole, and if they looked up to the serpent, they were healed. Okay, right? Um, yes. What? <laughs> well, okay. Let's let's talk about it for a second. Clearly, this is an allegory. But let's, what what is it? You know, in other words, they were saved. They were saved if they looked up to on the serpent, right? Now, serpent on a brazen pole. They look at the serpent. And they're healed. All right. Well, there is a lower serpent, which is the serpent that's in the garden. Okay, and this this lower serpent is your. Um, is the the thing that was given to you, which is your um, your sensual nature, okay? And yes. from your sensual nature, through your five senses, you develop your um, your thoughts, your wisdoms, your experience, right? And yes. um, this is your carnal experience, okay? Now, clearly, this sensual nature um, um, yeah, it's talked about in the scripture in, in absolute degradation as the serpent crawls on his belly and eats the dust in all the days of its life, which is just nothing but a statement of degradation in regard yeah. to the lower mind, okay? And we know I that agree. Um, St. Paul said, the carnal mind is enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. That's Romans chapter 8, verse 7, okay? Yes. So the carnal mind being carnal about skin color and all these things is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. Why? Because it's flesh and blood, and flesh and blood doesn't inherit the kingdom of God. So what is this other serpent? What is this serpent that is put on this brass pole, raised up, people look at it, they're saved, right? Clearly, it's an allegory. Clearly. Okay? Who is Moses? Who is Moses? Moses is your reason. Okay? Your intellect. That's Moses. The the brazen serpent, which is uh, raised up in the wilderness, the wilderness is very important because you've come away from all the traditions. You've come out of the, the church or the synagogue systems or the seven heads of the beast or the seven world religions. You've come out and away from it. Come out in the wilderness. You're going to sup directly from the mouth of God, okay, which is another way of saying you're going to be fed, not in your own power. Okay, people will say, where'd you get all this wisdom? You say, I give glory to Yah. Okay? Now, uh, so, um, what is this other serpent that saves us? This serpent is the um, sensual nature of Yah. This is, when we look onto the nature of Yah, and we look, we observe, and we do, we are saved. Jesus said, it says, he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believeth in him. Well, the word believe is, yeah, you know, I believe there was a God. And, yeah, he had a flesh. You know what? Horseshit. The word is to entrust. If you place your life in trust in those scriptures and that way of being, then you will do what it says to do, and in the doing, you will be saved. Because... Yeah. He said to do this. Jesus said it another way. He said, in those days you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Why? Because you'll do the truth. 
Yes, sir. All right. So when you look on to that, that serpent raised up into the wilderness, then you will learn the way of God. I would tell the student, go look at Psalm 119 and learn the way of God. Okay? And you will do the way of God and you will be saved. You will be set apart. You will be a saint. You will be holy. You will be Kadesh, set apart in the earth. Okay? And yes, sir. Because you're doing the truth. And you're relying on... Um, but anyway, uh, that is to look up at the, the Lord's serpent, if you will. And then, I yes, I know, somebody will come back to me and say, Oh, Lord needs bail. Okay, yeah. You know, right, but whatever. But we the, have to teach. The circle that you're talking about, too, is also the energy centers within us The when we raise the kundalini. Thank you. you Let know. me just stop there and say this, that, um, that um, there's a reason why it's called the solar plexus. The sun is in the center. The the, the and they would say in the in the Buddhic traditions that the stomach was the seat of the soul. In other traditions, they carry a pine cone upon the top of the staff, which is a way of saying that the the pineal gland or the um, or the uh, um, the means of perception um, is ignited. Um, even all those seven seals uh, that are written on the back side of the book. Um, if you will, the seven seals are the seven chakras in the body, and um, they are, you know, the kidneys, the liver, the right, the, the soul, the middle, the, the groin, you know, and then the throat, and then the uh, anyway. There's seven. So, uh, but these are centers of energy in in a in a um, in a sense and a means for which man, the mind to perceive uh, yeah. that which is... Um, and so, therefore, you would see the initiate in the Buddhist tradition sitting um, with legs crossed and, and, and hands on his uh, knees, back erect. Therefore, his center is his stomach. Okay? In the Buddhist tradition, the stomach was the food of the soul. All right? So, it's talking about a something that Western man really has no idea about in terms of perception because Western man perceives with his carnal mind. <laughs> well, yeah, I agree. the same scripture tell us that uh, the carnal mind is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it does. You know, in Revelations where it talks about, you, you know, the seven seals, which is our chakra system and where the kundalini rises, it says that no one was found worthy to open it except the, you know, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Everybody says, well, that's Jesus, but it's also us because we uh, we have to sacrifice ourselves in order to awaken to the true knowledge of what is. Okay, so let me say that for a second because that, that opens the door. So in there it says that we are to bring in a tithe of 10%. And 10% didn't say you had to give the whole tithe. It just said, no, you have to give 100%. It just said 10% is all I'm asking for. Well, mm-hmm. when you start to see that the 
the the mind is um, male in the allegory. In mm. certain places, in certain places, the mind is female. It depends on what which allegory that you're you're looking at. So you have to be yeah. careful. It's not a universal thing. Okay. Um, no, I understand. So, like for instance, in the Book of Esther, the helper, the keeper of the woman, uh, the keeper of the woman is a male. Uh, uh, Haggai, I think his name is something like Haggai. He's male, but then in other places we read that the the Holy Spirit births the um in other words, you have to be born again and born from the spirit, and no man ever gave birth to anything okay um, <laughs> that's the duty of the female okay yes so yes. um so it depends on the the analogy, but as we look at these different um um chakras and things of this nature, or we look at these different stories. Um, they're they're telling us about ourselves. They're telling us about um, natures of. Um, I mean, think about the means by which you know what I will call some of the ancient churches, ancient states were able to perceive knowledge. And you say, well, what do you mean? Well, I mean, look what they built. Look what they left behind. They, yes, they have knowledge that that we don't necessarily. Not not don't necessarily. We don't have period, you know. Well, and yeah, we hold ourselves to be esteemed, but uh, but you know, look at the common Western man today. He has no knowledge of how to how to um, perceive anything from the spirit world. I mean, no knowledge. Well, when it says about this ten percent tithe, the ten percent tithe is to tithe their carnal thoughts. Shut them down. Quit relying on your carnality. Yes, sir. Hide that to the Lord because that's the spotted cattle that... See, Laban, it's funny how they teach the story about Laban and Jacob. They make Laban out to be the bad guy. Well, in fact, Laban had all the white sheep. (laughs) How's that? You know, but Jake over here, he figures out how to come up with a way to get all these spotted sheep and then... But he's told, okay... They're, they can be all yours. But what if the scripture says? We don't need any spots in our love feast. So all that spotted cattle are all of our carnal thoughts. And that's what we're supposed to tithe. And I got, you know, I like what George Carlin said. We've got an all-powerful, all-knowing God. And for some reason, he can't seem to balance his checkbook. He always <laughs> needs money. How is it that an all-powerful, all-knowing you know, God always seems to need money? <laughs> How does that power? How does that work? You know? Yeah. And well mankind that's all they look at. Their God is money. Most most people. And that, that shouldn't be that way. Because I mean before money ever came on the scene, basically what did they do? They relied on each other. They helped one another. They loved one another. They did the divine will of what was which is the divine will of the divine creator. Well, think about it. Um, somebody somebody just put something in here, and I'm going to talk to it in the chat line. And I agree with what you said. Uh, remember in the, uh, the, the early chapters of Acts, we learn about this early church, and they were of one accord. They had one treasury amongst them all. They were of one mind. They worked together in community. That's perfect in love. In love to each other and in love to God, right? Uh, yeah. Somebody in here mentions a corporate soul. 
and Jesus formed a corporate soul. His ministry was unto the twelve, and then later unto the world. Now, when you look at a corporate soul, let's go ahead and make it real clear to you. The bishop of the Church of Rome is a corporate soul. His sole officer is the bishop. His ministry is the Church of Rome. The mayor of the city of Raleigh is a corporation soul. The office of the mayor of the city of Raleigh is his his ministry. You see, all of a sudden, it opens up for you. And you say, geez, it was right there in front of me the whole time. Right? Yeah. And uh, and now the question is, that name that they gave you to use, okay, are you going to use it in self-seeking, where you profit and gain and that's all you're interested in? Or are you going to use it in a charitable way where you you get what you need to live and you, you help, you have the, uh, you have the um, intent of your, your brethren at heart as well. See, they place before, before you a charitable remainder of trust. But how does the world look at it? They, they look and at it as if it's an evil thing. It is not evil. It's beautiful. No, I, I agree with you because look at the, the people that are the, the wealthy. That, that's what they do. I mean, they have a, they amass a lot of wealth, but at the same time, there are those that are wealthy. They give to these charities to keep things going on. And people say, well, you know, they got all the money. Why are they giving it to charity just for a tax write-off? But they, they may be, and they're probably entitled to it. But at the same time, look at what they're doing. They're helping a lot of people. They're giving back to their fellow man. Yeah, that's... Um, that's. I think there's been such a movement out there that has uh, soured people because people have... Um, it's being taught to you as if these were evil devices cast upon an unsuspecting people. And so because that's in the, the framework of the mindset, then the mind says that, uh, you yeah, know, this sympathetic trust is an evil thing, man, you know. And is it? Or perhaps it's a way for you to perform charity unto your fellow brethren. Okay, it's doing to others as I had done to myself, and that I'm going to be my brother's keeper, and we are mm-hmm. going to, you know. Um, but when the mindset is, is oh, evil. You see how it's manipulated? It completely manipulate the psyche. Oh well, yeah, they, the fear of yeah, being ripped off. I agree, and when 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 you give, I mean, there's a, a self satisfaction there of a goodness that you do. I mean, it's built in it that where we have peace of mind. And, uh, you know, and it says, you know, that it's pressed down, shaken together and running over. I mean, the more you give, you can't outgive the creator. I mean, if you give willingly with not begrudging anything and out of love for your fellow man, then, of course, that divine nature is going to, you know, give back unto you because okay. you're doing what that divine law says. Well, let me ask, let me show you something here real quick. I'm going to ask some questions, okay? Okay. okay. I'm going to ask a rhetorical question at first because the answer will be yes. We, we agree that there is a creator 
and and there's a God that is a supreme uh, Elohim, the supreme being, and that uh, we are all in him. Okay, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Very good. Now, um, we have choice. We agree that we have choice. That I can choose. I want to hang up right now. I hang up. Right. You know what I mean? There's there's choice here. Right. So I at each at each point there's choice. Okay. I can choose which path I'm going to go. That's why we see in the scriptures, "Choose ye this day whom you shall serve." All right. Yes. Well. Um, we read in the scriptures about this creation of this man in the sixth day, and we have hopefully come to realize that this is a um, a bringing of that particular individual from a natural state into a spiritual state of being, which is what is called the sixth day creation of man. He's no longer ruddy, natural. See, that's Adam, ruddy, natural, of the earth. You know, everything is very earthly, his skin color, his way of being is earthly. He's ruled by his stomach, okay? Mm-hmm. Sex, drugs, and where am I going to get my next meal? That's what rules that man, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, the Lord works in his life, and um, there's um, tender herbs. and this is This isn't, you know... Uh, grass is growing on the earth. These are the deeds that are being uh, birthed in this man as it, you know, as the man is being regenerated, right? Okay. Yes, he comes to the six-day status, um, which is the spiritual status. Notice that the man is given two great luminaries. He's given the sun and the moon, okay? And the sun, the, the great luminaries is love and faith. Okay, and these two great luminaries are to rule in this in this man's life. Because what did it say before? That he said, "Let there be light," and he called the light day. And he said, "The greater luminary was to rule in the day, and the lesser in the night." Right? Yes. Okay. So these are luminaries that are given to this to this spiritual man. But there comes a time when this spiritual man, it's time to move on. And this is the Hebrews chapter 6, when he says, leaving the principal doctrines of Christ. Now, hold on a minute. Did I just get that right? I thought the whole book was teaching us how to be in the image of Christ. But here we have St. Paul saying, leaving the, the doctrines of Christ. Let us now push on into perfection. Yes, sir. And this we will do if God permits. Okay, so now there's a point where the man has reached the sixth day, and now he's ready to move into what's called the seventh day status or the celestial status or, or the sabbatical status. Here, he no longer has to put things into work of his own accord. Things are presented to him. Opportunities are presented to this, to this man, to this mind, and he didn't have to work for it. He didn't he didn't go out there and till the ground for it. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, I do. Wisdom yes, came to him. Wisdoms and knowledges came and understanding came. There was no I had to go read this book or that book or the other book. No. No. There was divine inspiration that comes forth from that divine creator. 
we get to, I guess we'll uh, rise to a certain point to where it it's like second nature. It just flows to us. And then yeah. we'll be able to walk. Uh, go ahead. Oh, yes. I mean, you're exactly right. But now you go look at the Vatican and look, notice where that the uh, the Pope is carrying in his in his office. Isn't he the servant of servants? Isn't he? Um, he is. He's the chief servant of the of the world. And then now, if you were carnal minded, you'd say he's the king of the world. Mm, not so much when you look at it from charity's sake, right? And yeah. now. Um, uh, I'm not going to argue with you in regard to money and things of this nature. I I I think no one wins that argument. But but notice he carries his staff, and he always carries the staff at the top of it as a pine cone, and he always makes sure that pine cone is right above his eyebrow. Okay. Yes. And he's showing you that this is a means of perception. All right. This is what Descartes Descartes called he Descartes called the pineal gland the seat of the soul. In the Buddhic tradition, the stomach or the um, the second solar plex is the um, the seat of the soul. Um, well, how do you call it? The solar plex is the solar plexus is the seat of the soul, right? The sun. You're talking about the sun beams its rays. So therefore, if we um, activate these energy centers, it's a means by which we can accept. We become feminine in the in the sense that we accept those those rays of light, that intuition, that wisdom. In other words, it's coming from another um it's coming from a um I have to be careful how I choose my words. We're looking inward, but we're not looking inwardly towards our own power and strength from the standpoint of viewing the system from a carnal mind. You see what I'm saying? The carnal mind yeah. says, these are my thoughts, these are going to be my deeds, it's all me, 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 right? Yes. But as I look inward, I learned that there's aspects of me that I don't really have any control over. You know what I mean? Yes, I agree. I know what you're saying. It's that feminine aspect and uh, when uh, when we receive that intuition or whatever you want to call, that's the inner feminine aspect within us that's drawn forth from its true nature uh, into what, uh, I mean, it's not only nourishment for the body and the, the spirit mind, but it it kind of keeps everything in sync. But when we, like you said, when we let that male aspect the the man aspect within us, uh, the carnal mind, same thing, uh, tried to overrule, like the carnal mind saying, I'm the boss, you're going to do what I say no matter what. I'm the ruler here. And the feminine aspect, which is the real power and the real truth, because, I mean, you even go back in ancient times with the pharaoh. The pharaoh, which is the male aspect, he cannot, he cannot really be the pharaoh without that high priestess wife he had. Well, that's right. Well, Pharaoh she was, looked Herod, she was the Herod, Herod the same way. That's right. Yeah. Well, she hold, was on the, hold, hold on a minute. She, Let's just say it like this. The unregenerated man, like um, if you look at uh, just standpoint of the standpoint um, of the carnal mind, which is unregenerated, 
then then literally that that status is like it, it always seeks to rule the house. That's why Moses, which is your reason, comes to that and says, "Let my people go, so that we may go and worship the Lord in the wilderness." Okay, apart from you. In other words, I'm you're willing to tithe the ten percent of all your spotted thoughts and ideas and desires, sacrifice them, and from the standpoint of now you're watching them, you 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 step back. And you you tell your mind I'm I'm watching now, and you'll be surprised what happens when you start watching your mind. The river of thought stops flowing, and you look inward, and you will notice. Like for me, I know I started noticing that those different energy centers would come online. I'd see different colors in my um, field of uh, vision, even though my eyes were closed, um, which was kind of interesting until someone explained it all to me. I had no clue what was going on. But the the interesting aspect is is not only that, I, I started finding out that um that these these um like you know um Moses, like sometimes Moses was shown with two horns, you know? Yes. Well the reason is is because there's two there was the the pineal gland was said to have two petals. And therefore, Moses, being a symbol of your rational mind um, and the means by which you perceive, um, would therefore have two horns, two aspects. You see? Yes, one is masculine, one is feminine. And so when you look at him going to the Pharaoh, it's the internal struggle between um, that which is um, of the higher self and that which is um, of the lower. Pharaoh says, I sit as a whale in the midst of my rivers. In other words, his rivers, his truths, his creations, right? Well, there's an aspect of us as Pharaoh. That's the point. And since there's an aspect of us as Pharaoh, there will be a Pharaoh in the world. There will be a Caesar in the world because if all of us are dwelling in the same state of consciousness, then there will exist the Herod, there will exist the Caesar, and there will exist the Pharaoh. Yes. Um, I understand. And that's not a bad thing. It's that, because that, from the standpoint of um, carnality, it's a bad thing. But then there's, then there's another aspect of when you come to that seventh-day status where you've been redeemed in terms of the inner world, but now your outer man is redeemed as well. You're given back your Isaac, and um, that's the beautiful promise. You ascend the mountain with Isaac, and um, and and even your, your lower self is redeemed because it's disciplined, and now there is no schism between the inner and the outer. It's beautiful, really, no. you know? Oh, yes, sir, I agree. I mean, but, I mean, if there... From the point of the Pharaoh, or even from the point of us, uh, you know, like you said, the, the Pharaoh cannot really be Pharaoh without his high priest's wife. And the reason why I'm saying that, <clears throat> as with the two aspects of the mind, if we only walk in the carnal mind, we are not whole. You know what I'm saying? It takes that feminine aspect of or our other half in order to make us whole. Because that's another, like, 
White Wolf says, like Thomas Didymus, another I, I, myself. Okay, one is masculine and one is feminine. And I if we walk in the carnal mind, what? I have to get this out right here so you can see this aspect of uh, the, the, remember Abraham married his half-sister, right? Yes, yes. Well, okay, Abraham's the higher mind, right? And so his half-sister's yes. going to be his spirit, okay? It's the woman of spirit. Rachel's the woman of spirit. Okay, yes. and Leah's the woman of emotion. Okay, well, Abraham's the higher mind. So listen to this. Um, he marries us, and the people say, well, he committed incest. No, 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 no. You know, um, that's what we are. We are supposed to be, um, you go to a song of Solomon, oh, that thou wert as my brother that sucked the breast of my mother. Then I should find thee without, I would kiss thee, I would not be despised. I would lead thee and bring thee into my mother's house, who would instruct me. I would cause thee to drink of spiced wine and the juice of the pomegranate. Why the pomegranate? You ever cut one open and look at it? It's just like a brain. Right? Who is this that comes up from the wilderness leaning on her beloved? I raised thee up under the apple tree. There thy mother brought thee forth. There she brought thee forth that bare thee. Now here's the beautiful thing. Thy mother, in other words, what he's saying here is he marries his half-sister. And this is the, the turtle dove analogy too, right? Does not, do not, are not the turtle doves brother and yes. sister? Yes. Okay. Now, uh, um, he marries, in other words, the mind marries spirit versus emotion. That's yes. That's what saying. That's what it's saying. And um, it says, his left hand should be under my head and his right hand should embrace me. Well, that's the, the, the mystery to the left and the right hand. In other words, yes. if you come to that status of that um, celestial being, um, there is no schism anymore between um, that which is of Esau and that which is of Jacob. See, Esau and Jacob, you know, they they fight against each other. Why, why did God say that poor old baby Esau? That poor old baby Esau, God said, I hate <laughs> Esau. That poor old Esau, God respects persons, didn't you know? Yeah. Oh, the preachers will tell you, Esau did this before in another age. And I'll tell you, no, Esau was your carnality. Your carnality is not subject to the law of God. Neither can it be. Yes, I agree. And Jacob is is a spiritual aspect, okay? Yeah. Jacob sits at the feet of his mom, learning the spiritual thing. That's right. What you're the, feminine, the, the feminine aspect is... Uh, it has to be conjoined. It's just like a man and a woman. I mean, everything's telling us. We that are, you know, I'm not whole without my wife. You know what I'm saying? She's my other half, and even in the, the, the how can you, you can call it a play or you can call it whatever, uh, you know, I would not be whole or, or anything without my other half, my wife. I mean, she completes me, and hopefully I complete her. Not that we don't try to, you know, she she tries to keep everything stable and, you know, ongoing and working just like our mind does. But the man, you know, aspect or the, the male aspect, 
you know, I mean, it's working, it's doing this and that, but it, it wants to dominate everything. And I think that's why through the instruction of that divine spirit, they have to become as one unit and working together instead of against each other in order to become whole. Well, now let's let's flip the analogy so you can see it now. Now when you come up another wrong, it's no longer male and female like you think because the seed which is placed in our head is a um, is a, a deed of um, the male aspect. Okay, and this is the where does the seed come from except from the spirit of God? Okay, so okay, so in other words, you look at a male. What does he do through his phallus? He 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 puts the seed into the woman. So this is why we have. I would like to present you as a chaste virgin. Um, to Christ, okay, so so what you've got here in this analogy here now is that uh, this is why they use the pine cone because, you know, when you heat that pine cone up with fire, it explodes and casts its seed, okay? All right? Yes, so, uh, so literally there's that pine cone and that pineal in terms of throwing the seed and it says the seed of the soul in terms of perception. But um, you got to be real careful. You can't just say, you know, um, here it's male, and we're going to use it, that same analogy, and it's going to be male all the way through. No, got to be careful about the what we're talking about here. And this is why I, I believe that the scripture should have never been placed in the hands of um, of the common man. Um, that they should always have been kept in the hands of knowledgeable priests. Now, granted. With great use, usurpations, you know, in the priesthood. Yes, you can see the priesthood is a sacred, honorable trust because you're teaching knowledge that if you pervert the meanings of these um, allegories and myths, then you per- you make it to where you can't even tell what's up and down, you know. After no, I years, understand. Totally even though I'm talking in a male and female aspect. I, I'm talking uh, from a spiritual, uh, the mental aspect. Um, yeah. Just seeing male and female, but I'm just saying, as above, so below; as within, so without. Uh, yeah. I know that. I know. I gonna, there's, there's it's just like me. Really... It's kind of just like me. If I'm going through life and I don't have the feminine aspect on my side, you know with me, then I'm incomplete. I'm always going to be searching and seeking something that's not there. You know, that's why I was saying, for, as well as within our mind, the the carnal mind, the, the masculine mind, wants to dominate everything and rule everything, and <clears throat> it's, it's me, me, my, my, and my pie, basically. But it's that feminine aspect of us that's passive, that's nurturing, that's loving, that's the stabilization of the two. And and she and her desire is towards the husband or the masculine nature, the positive you could say, or the negative. She's the negative and we're the positive. Okay, they attract. And and the only way that you can make any kind of uh, manifestation is when the two get together. That's why I'm saying even in the ancient times, the Pharaoh, and 
he could not be a pharaoh without his high priestess wife. She was the real authority there. Now, he was the authority in front of the people and things like that, but it was really her that had the power, not well, him. Uh, I'd, I'd say it like this. If you go back and look at the... Um, the, the the uh, kingship and queenship of Nefertiti and um, you know, I can't remember who her king was, but um, Nefertiti and her king, they ruled a, in a matriarchal um, style of government. Now, matriarchal is not opposite of patriarchal. Patriarchal, they literally put the woman down and that the man rules over the woman. But in matriarchal style, the man and the woman are equal at the table. Um, and I find that really interesting. You go back and you you, you study that out and you'll see that um, this is the story of Adam, um, uh, Adam and Eve living together in total harmony. Um, the man's not above the woman or below the woman. They're both equal. No, I understand in the, in the book what they're saying, but if you look back in ancient times, even before the pharaohs and stuff like that, the women were the power, not the men. They were just considered workers, and the you know to bring forth you know children and things like that. But it was the women that were the authority there and the power, not the man. Well, that's, I mean, that's fine. That's fine. I, but, I mean, we need to to make sure we stay. Um, um, and that's really kind of an interesting aspect because um, from the standpoint of the Holy Spirit coming to seek um, uh, a place to live within the sons of man, Enoch chapter 42, uh, she says, I couldn't, I couldn't find a place. And so she left and went back to the heavens. And uh, I find that really interesting. Um, from the standpoint of the, the feminine, the, clearly the Holy Spirit birth, births what's called the man-child of, um, of, of Revelation chapter 12. Um, notice that, by the way, the dragon, remember we know the dragon's got seven heads, and she, the dragon sits at her feet ready to devour her child as soon as she gave birth. Well, seven world religions ring a bell, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I understand what you're saying, but even all through the scriptures, even from the beginning to the end, it's all representing that woman, that feminine aspect, <laughs> that divine creator within. And yeah, even, yeah. I mean, uh, I know it takes a male and a female, the positive and the negative, but uh, people say, well, no, the man is in charge and the man is this and the man is that and the woman's going to do what I do. I said, well, dude, you're barking up the wrong tree. That's all I can tell you. That's why nothing works for you. I said, you know, you're supposed to love her, cherish her, take care of her, and do that, and she'll give back to you the children and things like that, you know, to carry on and things like that there. But the man, hey, you know, uh, yeah, uh, go, go ahead, bro. Um, Oh, Jim, I, I'll say this. I just realized we've been on the call now for three and a half hours. I wanted to just speak one thing to, to law fan, and then I, re, I, re, I got to get off the phone here. But uh, um, one thing I'd say, he says something, law fan says, uh, speaking to fiat notes, and fiat just means it was declared by the mouth. 
So when you go back to the Bible and it says, "Let us make man in our image," that's a declaration. <laughs> that's 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 a that's a um, a spoken declaration. So what that means is man is a fiat being. So you want to be real careful about um, saying that fiat is somehow you know bad or whatever, because um, we are fiat. The the Creator said, "Let us make man in our image." And, and it was so, and it was good. So, um, see how we see it all around us when we start to uh, we start to um, to look. We see the same thing. People say, "Well, it's fiat notes. It must be bad." No, not so. Not so at all. I I understand, brother. And brother, I mean, you brought out a lot of things tonight. And it, you're you're a blessing. I thank y'all. Oh well, thank you, Jim. Thank you. I, I apologize. I know I probably sound like to the listeners and to you too that I was completely rambling. I didn't have, I wasn't prepared to to speak, and um, I don't do too good monologuing. So I appreciate you come on and and giving me a um, a, a, a discussion because I just don't do good. I don't do too well when I just speak by myself. Yeah, me either. That's why I'd like people to come because I mean, every everyone kind of adds adds to it or they'll say something that will spark something, you know, and it'll just, you know, like White Wolf says a lot of times, he just goes into download mode <laughs> and <laughs> because it's there and it's a blessing, brother. That's what, that's what these calls are all about, you know, for us to come to understand and to grow together. Yes, sir. That's exactly right. And uh, you know what, I I, I hope, um, I'll say this, that um, in the future, I know that uh, you and I and um, Gary do a lot of talking, and sometimes we had um, Swamp Shaman on last week, but uh, I'd hope that other people would just uh, be, um, you know, if the Spirit gives them unction, come on to the call and just ask the question and whatever. I mean, and get, get in the discussion. I think it would... Um, it would be beneficial, you know. I mean, I always oh, tell people, man, if if you've got the question, believe me, ten others have got the same questions. You know, no problem. Oh, I really, I really believe that, and I believe we all benefit from that. And usually, when people do that, the the whole conversation and the whole call comes full circle too. Yeah, you know, because I I found that literally, if if um if someone's got the like, I don't know. Once you get a certain number of hours under your belt of study, what may be absolutely clear as the hand I'm looking at right now to me is muddy water to the beginning, to the beginner. And, um, you know, they can't see. And so if somebody says, hey, hell, a minute. You know, um, I remember learning calculus, and, um, and the professor, it seemed like he skipped about four or five steps, and he had no problem, but. We were all looking at the board cross-eyed, going, "All right, how do you get from point A to point B? You know, <laughs> we don't, you know, how do you do that? You know, but uh, to him, it was, you know, just second nature. You know, and that's the problem is that I don't want to be that guy. I want to, you know, if I'm, I'm talking, I want to make sure that people, if they're listening, that you know, they're they're hearing what they need to hear. You know. Oh yeah, and when they do come in and they say, "Hey, wait a minute," you know. Uh, it sparks something in them for them to even say that. So, and by whatever 
you know, the question they ask and you and the answer you give them might be that, you know, everything's done decently and in order to where, you know, people can, you know, nothing's by coincidence or chance. There's a reason for everything, whether we understand it fully uh, at first or not, it, it, you know. Because yeah. there's times I ask a question and somebody sees something, I didn't get it at first, but after the call and stuff and I'd sit there and think about it, then it's like, ah, see what, you know, then, you know, it takes a little time for it to absorb, I guess. Yeah, yep. Yep, well, I'll tell you, um, so just one last thing here, and then I, I promise I got it. But uh, someone wrote in here, sins of the fathers, and, um, and I would just say that... Uh, Indeed, the sins of the fathers can be passed upon to the children if the children are not taught. And um, in other words, if the children are um, brought up in a certain mindset, then that which the fathers um, did are just going to naturally fall on the same head as as the children because they're going to their philosophies, their their doctrines, their ideas, uh, the way of life is going to be the same. And so, um, you know, who can break these except that, in other words, who can break the child away from the sins of the father? There's only, only, um, you know, I'll say the Holy Spirit or Christ can do that work. And you can't say, um, I did it of my own volition. Because if you grew up in a, um, let's say you grew up in a um, Hindu, Hindu tradition, well then, you know, you're probably going to pray to whoever the Hindus pray to, you know, Krishna or whatever. Maybe I'm mixing, I, I, I don't know. Um, Buddhist traditions, you know, whatever, right? I mean, your Islamic traditions, you're probably going to pray to Allah, you know. And uh, Christian traditions, you you know, you, you pray to Yah. But, I mean, if you're like most Christians, you pray to Jesus, even though Jesus said, don't pray to me, you know. Um, but nevertheless, um, you know, it's the work of Christ, the Holy Spirit in man, to break us from our traditions so that these, uh, this we can be, but then again, as, as we're brought through this fire, we still have choice. We can still return and, and say, we're not, we're not leaving this house. We're not leaving Egypt. We're going to stay right here where we are. And what happened to those who stayed in Egypt when all those plagues came down on their head? They got all ten plagues, didn't they? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. But, uh, you know, when those decided they wanted to leave, did they physically leave? In other words, did the Israelites physically leave their location during all those ten plagues? The answer is no. No, you're right. But some of those plagues didn't fall on them. Oh, I and agree. Because that it's all- were nude. They were they they were eager. They were they crossed over. They crossed out of that crap. I agree with you, brother. I mean that's what I'm saying. I mean they even with like the stories that are told in in the churches they teach us that they're all literal and that that all actually happened that way. Yeah. I mean there's there's stories with hidden meaning. If we look at it from the spiritual sense, we we would we can see and know that those that were of that unregenerated mind and they wanted to stay in that carnal mind aspect, of course the flakes come on them and did those things. But those that knew 
the true law and divine law, it didn't come near them or their dwelling. Well, the question was, then how could they correct their status? And the answer is simply they can't. It's not in their own power to do that. In other words, um, it is the Holy Spirit which puts that that um, that thing in our life that which regenerates us. Because when we're natural and ruddy, what does the Scripture say about being natural and ruddy? It says in the book of Peter, they are brute beasts, meat for destruction. Yes. The natural man is as a brute beast. Okay? So... Um, the natural man can't recognize that he even has a problem, okay? The natural man goes head, headlong into the ditch, period, every time. Oh, I agree. And that's what one animal takes off running and the rest of them take off along with them. And one goes off the cliff, next thing you know, you see them all going off. So it is, it is the work of God in man that regenerates man, which brings him away from the natural state into a spiritual state and and so these these knowledges and these understandings and these wisdoms are granted of man or to man of the Lord and it is the Lord's divine mercy and grace which um, regenerates the the man and and so therefore let us give praise unto Yah and say it is of the Lord's divine mercy and grace. And therefore, I live. How does it say? I live, um, I move, and I have my being in him. That's correct. That's exactly right. And it is, it is only the illusion that is of our own power that we do anything. And this is the illusion that is granted unto the, the spiritual man up to the point where he is regenerated. Okay, but then he who pushes into the celestial state of being knows that everything is of the Lord's divine mercy. You see, in grace. All right, so if it is given to the spiritual man to make something wonderful for the Lord, the, the, the spiritual man thinks of himself, how wonderful I am to be making something so great for the Lord. The, the natural man thinks to himself, I wonder how much money I'm going to make when I sell this. The celestial man says, thank you, Father, for granting me the opportunity to make this beautiful thing for you. Yes. <laughs> you see, it's a different, different perspective. Yes, sir. Uh, hello? Yes. Hello? Yes, I, I have a question. I've been listening. It's been very interesting. Um, do you guys believe in a personal God or in and personal God, like like a force or something. Because um, I'm just kind of kind of confused on like what I've hear a little bit. Maybe you could I, clarify both, or something. Both. I'm going to clarify for you both, and I'll, both. I'll explain. I'll explain both. The answer is both, but I'll explain myself very clearly to you. Okay. 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 I don't believe in the personal God like these like these churches get out here and teach that. Uh, um they first of all it's like this the churches teach that um that the law is done away with in in Jesus which is absolute horseshit all right the divine law was set down from the beginning of the ages it is what it is now once you come to understand the divine law 
you have what you have placed before you is cursings or blessings. If you decide and choose not to do the divine law, then you will bring cursings to your doorstep. And it doesn't matter what you say you believe or how many times you utter a name or whatever, if you do the things contrary to divine law, you will bring cursings to your door. Okay? okay. Now, okay. now, so that is impersonal from that regard. Okay? In other words, you know, I can say I believe in Jesus and I love Jesus or I love God or whoever, whatever, I love all, whatever. Okay, I can say all these things and the cows come home. If I am a... Um, if I am of the status of a hyena on the um, the high plains and I go steal from the lion and the lion comes and breaks my neck and kills me, well, then, you know, <laughs> my children are probably going to learn that I shall not steal, okay? I mean, you're going to yeah. get killed. That's divine yeah. law. That's natural law playing out in from the divine um, aspect. Now... It doesn't matter if you if you don't believe that lion's going to kill you or not. That lion is going to kill me every single time I steal from it. If it catches me, I'm dead. All right. Yep. So that doesn't matter if you are hooked into what you might say. Well, you know, there's a personal God who's going to whatever. But that's just divine law, and it is what it is. Okay. Um, okay. So that's why we should get in that way, that way of life. It's like a it's just like a way of living. It's the rules which govern my life. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the true Christianity by getting into that river, that um, that one source which which flows from underneath the throne, and and staying there in um, in a love feast with them. Um, mm-hmm. Now, from the perspective of a personal God, yes, absolutely personable to me and me alone. My relationship with God is different than your relationship with God. Okay, okay. so so I don't believe that uh, that you can have um, like like for instance, you say, well, well, you know, I can laugh and joke and with God, and we cut up, and I say, man, that's wonderful. Maybe I don't do that. Maybe that's not in my personality. Whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that's why the scripture says, "Have no other gods before me." Okay, not that I'm lifting myself up above you. Absolutely not. I am not. I have no other gods before me. And therefore, the relationship between me and God has has moved past that of son and father. Okay, I have come to the point of calling um, what I used to call him father. I now call God Ishai, husband. Okay, husband. As a wife, I am the wife. And there is a husband, and you understand if you've got a wife and a husband, what wives and husbands do together. It's a very personable yeah. thing. Okay, yeah. so then uh, you understand the difference of what I've what I've just said. If I, if I made myself clear, no, yeah, I understand what you're saying. So you're basically saying through this divine law and stuff, uh, uh, you flow, you follow that what was originally taught, not what's taught like in the church system. There's a personal God the way they're talking about. You are once you attain, you are like the uh wife. You're 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 connected. You're at one with the creator. With the with, creator. Yeah. With, with with within yourself, right? Is that what you're tra- you're yes. saying? Yeah. 
Yes, but now, it's, it's, but, but, wait, but now, I want to I'm, say um, something. Oh, go ahead, Jim. Go ahead. Uh, the, he asked a question. The scripture says that God is not a man that he should yes. lie. See, what the churches are teaching that they, that God is a is a man that came and that he's uh, rose up into heaven and, and we're going to see him one day like that. That's, okay. that's not the case like that. The scripture okay. says God is not a man that he should lie. Okay, yeah. that divine creator lives within each and every one of us. Okay, yes. we are basically... Uh, we cannot be separated from the Creator because we are part of the Creator. We are the Creator, and the Creator is us. That's what, that's the Scripture it says. Christ is Christ in Christ is all and in all. That's what the Scripture says. Yes, and we have to. Well, how can I? Uh, it's like this: that when. He said, he said before, it's life and blessing, death and evil. He would that we choose life and blessing. But if not, yes. nevertheless, we have a choice. And if if we speak forth the blessing and do and show love towards our fellow man and all humanity, <clears throat> then we'll receive the blessings of the divine creator. But if we don't and we don't walk in that true divine law like Michael Joseph saying, then we're going to receive the cursing. We're going to get the bad, the wrong. And it says when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. Mm-hmm. And that, that's why all these things are happening to people. And even the young people, they say, well, why did that happen then? This happened, they were so young. It's because they did not adhere to that divine law. They, they uh, foolish jest and they say things because it tells us that we're going to be judged for every idle word we speak. Either yeah. we're going to speak a, either we're going to speak a blessing or we're going to speak a cursing. Okay. What I mean by well, cursing, we're going to we just we say things to people and do things, and there's so many things that all encompasses this that people really need to get a grip on what's going on. Because it says, as a man or woman thinketh in their heart, and I'm not talking about the heart to punch, I'm talking about the mind, the middle subconscious mind. Yes. Well, uh, caller, um, uh, uh, forgive me, I just, I, I, unless, I didn't give you a name, so I just refer to the um, caller. Uh, my name's uh, Glenn. Okay, Glenn, um, I asked you a question, and I'm, it's kind of a loaded question, but uh, just give me a yes or no answer, and then I'm going to read you a scripture, okay? All right. And and I'll just let you know up front it's a loaded question, okay? But the okay. question is, do you count it robbery to be to be thought, do you think yourself to be equal with God? Um, at this point um, on this journey, uh, no. Okay, very good. Now, Here's the thing. We're talking about in the scriptures about God working in your life and regenerating you, okay? So where you are on the journey, only you can know. This is the personal relationship, okay? You you can put on airs and be something that you're not, but I, I like that you were honest about it, right? Okay? okay? But you will come to a time 
Okay, everybody's along in their in their journey and their path of where they are. But you will come to a point where you will not count it robbery to be equal with God. In fact, you are commanded in the scriptures to have this mind. Now listen to this scripture, okay? And you can you can go and check behind me. You can go to Philippians chapter two and read it verse five and verse six, okay? Okay. It says, Let this mind be in you. Sounds like a command to me, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, okay? This is the mind that was in Christ Jesus. This is the mind that's supposed to be in you. You got that? You got it? Who? Who, who? Who who is he talking to? Who? Christ Jesus. Being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Now, let's go back again, because I know what churchianity and all the churches will tell you that how dare you think yourself equal with God. Well, let's go back to verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Now, shall we go back to verse 5 again, where it says, let this mind be in you? Yes. All right. Now, what it's telling you is, one day you're going to come to a point where you are in the you're in the image. You, you you now what they will tell you is that you've got to die to get to this point. That that's not true. Mm-hmm. That is not true. Okay, that's what Jesus told told Martha. Martha couldn't realize it when he was when when Martha you know the story in the New Testament. Martha and Mary. Jesus told Martha. He says. I am the resurrection, the truth, and the life. If you believe, you won't see death. Did you believe? And she says, yeah, Lord, thou art the resurrection. So she thinks she's going to have to die in order to get this. Yeah. He says, he says, if you believe, you shall not see death. But she says, yeah, Lord, thou art the resurrection. And, and uh, see, she don't believe. She She's so steeped in her traditions, she's got to somehow, okay, get down with this. I got a car. I I, I got to give this credit to Bill Donahue. I got a car I want to sell you, right? Okay. And I, I tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna charge you fifty dollars a month, okay, until you die, okay? Okay. So you give me your fifty dollars a month until you die, and when you die, I'll give you the car, okay? Okay. That's that's very illogical. Well, isn't that what religion sold you? <laughs> yeah, because t- to be honest, I'm at a point where I've been looking at the esoteric and stuff, and then I grew up in church and the Bible and all that. And it's just, I don't, it's, when I'm coming on this journey, now to understand the new, the the real way, I still get sometimes in my carnal thinking the the double-mindedness of going back to that system that I was raised in. I'm like trying to peel the, uh, onion layer by layer it's just sometimes it's very difficult especially with people around you that don't understand that kind of stuff you know like they only see the surface Uh, and that's it well you're the you're the one in the wilderness not the people around you you're the one you're the woman who was brought out in the wilderness and has been fed directly from the mouth of god not the people around you so don't try to explain this to the people around you because they're not going to get you period so that wouldn't be a good idea. Yeah. That so that would not be uh 
recommended them to talk uh, like what we're talking about to the people around me then. Be a little salty where you can. Drop a little here and a little there, okay? Mm-hmm. But don't think that you're going to sit there and you're going to discuss with your wife or your girlfriend or whoever, and then they're going to be like, oh, man, this has been so great. You know, no, just the opposite, okay? This is for you. You're being brought out to this. Thing. I mean, listen to this. Listen to what it says here in verse 7. But he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant, as was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now, now, okay, well, first of all, then I ask you a question. Where did Jesus die? Where did, where did Jesus die? Where was the physical location that Jesus died? Golgotha. Uh, Okay, Calvary, Golgotha, right? Well, let's yeah, but what does Golgotha mean? Golgotha means go, right? Yeah, the skull. Yeah. Okay. Well, the skull, to, which is the mind. We'll go to um, Revelation chapter eleven, eight, and it says, "And their bodies, their dead bodies, shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified." Now, hold on a minute. Revelation 11, 8 is telling us that our Lord was crucified in a place called Sodom in Egypt, spiritually speaking. Yes. Now, mm-hmm. Sodom is the place of burning. The word Sodom literally means burning. Why were the men homosexual in Sodom? Because their thoughts, the, the thought is male and the flesh is male. Their thoughts were only constantly towards their flesh. That's why they're homosexual. While Lot is inside the house, Lot is in, in Lot to Lot means to veil. The word Lot means to veil. Lot, he's a great man of God, right? This Lot is something else, man. He sends his daughters out, his virgin daughters, to have you know to satiate these lustful yeah. homosexuals. Come on, man. These daughters are virgin. They are desires of God, not touched by carnality. Of course, spiritually speaking, the place where Jesus was killed is Sodom, the place of carnality. It's not subject to the law of God. Neither, neither can it be. Yeah, but what I think he's what he's saying, Michael, is uh, <clears throat> that they're, they're, uh, the churches in them are teaching in the literal sense where yes. we're speaking in the spiritual sense because yes. the Bible that everybody's reading is a a mental or a spiritual book. And that's yes. why a lot of people are not really picking up on what's really going on. They're reading it literally instead of looking at it from a spiritual-minded aspect, which it says that, the, you know, the the Bible was written in idioms and metaphors and allegories, which is a story with a hidden meaning behind it. And well, I mean, we know that uh, the Bible itself gives us um, multiple um, proofs of that. Um, in the New Testament, it says that um, Abraham and Sarah and um, Sarah and Hagar are allegories. These things are allegories. And then uh, um, in another place in the Proverbs and in the Psalms, it says, give ear to the dark sayings of old. These are idioms and allegories, okay? And um, so 
you know, when you start to realize, for instance, that when you read in Psalms, that when it talks about David was a man after God's own heart, that's Jesus. David is Jesus. They're one and the same. Yeah. And and then, you you know, it's like, oh, you know, geez, the light comes on, you know. But um, uh, but then if you try to go have this conversation um, with someone who, it just just doesn't. It's so foreign to their conscience. You're trying to eat at strong meat, and somebody who is still sipping on milk. I mean, you're going to choke them to death. All right, and you yeah. have to be real careful about that because the scripture says you can't pour new wine into an old wine sack. Because if you look at new wine, it ferments, it bubbles, and an old static wine sack that's a little bit uh, dried up, it's going to burst a hole in it. Okay. And what you don't want to do is you don't want to completely destroy that little which they have already, okay? So don't, you got to be patient. You got to be, which means sometimes, you know, even though you want to rush forward and, and um, man, this is going to be so good for you if you could just understand, you know, that you got to be patient and you got to hear a little, there a little. And what yeah. I found is... Um, is that if they don't ask me a question, you know, like like there has to first be a question, and if the question doesn't get asked, then I don't I don't I don't speak to it at all. Period. Okay. Now, if they ask if the door opens, and they ask, and I throw out a good five minute monologuing. Yeah. Then I'm gonna stop, and I'm gonna wait for another question. If I don't hear another question, then I'll stop. Okay. Yeah, but it also says no man. It says no one can come to the the Creator except the Spirit draw him or the mind draw him. Okay, That's and right. there's a a lot of people are walking. I mean, the the churches are teaching them in a literal sense and saying everything in that Bible literally happened like that. It's not. It tells you that it was written in stories and uh, idioms and metaphors and mm-hmm. allegories. And even the, even the, you there? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, Yeah, okay. uh, Jim, I've got, I've got to jump off here. I'm being, um, I'm being hailed here, so. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hold you. No, 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 I, I just got a notice from my wife. She's like, all right, come on, you know. Oh, so, I understand. Um, you know. you got to do what you have to do. Well, yeah, it's, it's, where I am here, it's, um, it's 12 o'clock. It's time for me to sack out, so, uh. No. Uh, so how how can I can I we all be here next week? Maybe I can ask some more questions or something. Or how does that work? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I'm Jim. I'm the moderator. I'm the one that's doing the call. Uh, okay. Michael Joseph is the speaker tonight. Uh, we're here every Sunday, same time, same place. But what okay. I was trying to say to you earlier. And thank you again, Michael Joseph, for your time and everything. You've been a blessing. Oh, hey, hey, be blessed. And I just wanted to just say one more thing, Jim, and then I'm going to jump off. Is that and that Revelation 11:8 when it said, "Their bodies shall lie in the street of that great city." The great city is your consciousness. Yes, it's your conscience. So, so the two that have the power to 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 shut down heaven and to shut down, um, fire can come out of their mouth and destroy is the Old and the New Testament. You got that? 
and they stand as two witnesses. And literally, if you read it from a carnal perspective, you will have nothing. Your heavens will be as brass, and there will be no rain, okay? But you got to get past that. Okay. It says to to be, yeah, no problem. Thank you, uh, MJ. And I'm originally from North Carolina, so I know where you're at. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm 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 from the uh, Gastonia, Charlotte area originally. Okay. Yeah. I I know who this is. Okay. <laughs> I think I yeah. know who this is. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a farm? <laughs> no. I wish. Oh no. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't know I don't. who this is. I'm thinking, I thought it was someone that I knew that was from that area that has a farm. Do I know you, brother? No, you don't. No, you might. I don't know. But uh, it's a small world. I don't, I, 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 when I first heard you, you sounded familiar. So, because I, because my uh, father, uh, he went to school up in the uh, Raleigh, Greensboro, Winston-Salem, and all that area for college mm-hmm. and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. So, well... I know Gastonia well, and um, I know a man who lives just outside of Gastonia who has a, a farm. He he, he farms or, uh, strictly organic. Uh, high, he uses a high bricks method, and uh, he just is real careful about his farming methods. But, uh, okay, well, listen, you all be blessed. I'll, all right. I'll see you here next week, okay? Okay, right, Thank Mike. you for your time for uh, answering that question, though. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Okay, good evening. Right. Yeah. So, but, so, 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 like, um, I, I do have one more question, and I don't want to keep you long because, are you on the East Coast too? Uh, uh, yes, I'm on the East Coast. I'm up in New York area. Okay. I just have uh, one more question, then. Um, maybe it's related to that. Like, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you could save it, but. Why? What's why? Why is evil? Why does evil exist? Like, in a way that it does. Like people are really, some people are really wicked and evil, and they're very selfish and they could just see, like somewhat like a kid on the street or something, and when it's cold, and not even look at the kid and just walk by him or something. I mean, why have? Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm listening. I mean, why? Why? Why is our heart? So it turns to be so selfish, you know, and like I know we're individuals and we're supposed to be connected as far as I know, maybe. I don't know exactly. No, but why you're why connected. Is, but why is you're correct. This, this we are all connected. Yeah, so why is this evil uh being uh just magnified through like GMO foods, the chemtrail spraying and all these other things? I mean, why is it getting so like chemically terribly weaponized to to live in the state of our three dimensional being or something. Well it's it's mankind. Uh, the love of money is the root of all evil. And what they want the those that are I'm not saying that money is evil, I'm just saying the way people think, the desire for it above anything and everything. Uh, it, it corrupts them. And what what I'm trying to say, the reason why people have cold hearts is because they've either been brought up from a young age to, to you know, full maturity, 
you know, what their parents taught them and mm-hmm. the different things that they, they've they experienced in life. Mm-hmm. Like, and, uh, like, they, like they have this... Uh, this system's kind of programming that we're programmed like through the TV and, and things like that, right? Yes, they are. Yes, you are. I mean, the, the, the commercials, they use they use a variety of different things to, to... See, it tells us that the government should be on, supposed to be on our shoulders, mm-hmm. not the literal government out there. They, they just turned everything around and mm-hmm. uh, to suit the, the the powers that be to where they can increase in wealth and do the things that they're doing. Mm-hmm. The, a lot of the, well, there's just, it goes into a whole lot of different things. You know, we're supposed to, uh, you know, like I used to, in my younger year, I used to be a Pentecostal preacher. And okay. I'm, no longer, I'm no longer a preacher like that there because what they're teaching in the churches is really, I mean, there's some good in there, but there's a lot of falsity in there. Yeah. And those preachers, are, the preachers are just there to to get power and gain and wealth. Yeah. And and uh, not that they don't do good to a certain extent, but they're they're not teaching the 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 full truth of what is, because it tells us not to be literally, not to be literal minded or carnal minded. Carnal minded means to be to be literally minded, but to be spiritually minded, to be conformed to the image of that creator. And when we uh, understand and look at it from a spiritual sense of what the scriptures are really teaching and telling us, Mm -hmm. then we can get a greater grasp on what that creator is telling us because he tells us that we are just as he is that we come okay. forth from him. It's just like, let me put it this way and make it a little more simpler. It's just okay. like you have a mother and father just like I do, and yeah. we're products of them, okay? Well, the creator, spiritually speaking, we are the product of that creator. And I know the the Pope over there tells you, oh, you can be excommunicated from God, and that that is the biggest lie of hell. I yeah. mean, you, you cannot be con- separated from the creator because you are part of that creator. Yeah. I mean, well, like our physical selves, like the state we're in now, not our the the mind, you say, or the soul, but this body that we have, is that's not truly who we are, though, right? No. No, it isn't. Okay. It's it's just the temple or the the the. The body is just a temple to carry the real us around. The real us that, that, you know, what I'm talking about, the real spiritual true us, the life that's in us that, you know, our consciousness, that is, uh, we are actually light beings. We are beings of light in a coat of skin. That's why people have auras. Yeah. See, they don't tell the people all this stuff. But, I mean, you go back in ancient times to now, I mean, they, man, we think that we're smart now. They were far smarter than we are now because <laughs> we've lost a lot of that knowledge that yeah. from way back when. I mean, it's I, there. Yeah, I, and, I think my, my personal opinion, this is my opinion, 
I think we're devolving. A lot of us, if we're not awakening enough, we're devolving. I think we're devolving well, overall well, for most most of society. In a way, you can say that to a certain extent. The people they we were uh, we were led down a uh, a path of literalism instead of spiritualism. Okay, what really is okay the true nature of that divine creator that's always been and always will be. Like a lot of people, you know, you see everybody, I mean, there's people dying out there all the time, left and right. It's because that they're not, but in actuality, you know, even though that we, when a person dies, they don't really die. The body changes out. Your body is like changing a pair of underwear, so to speak. Okay. Because you literally, the real you that's in that body doesn't die. It just transitions. You know, yeah, in, the scriptures, you know in the scriptures where, the, the, where, where God says, you know, that uh, I am the God of the Hebrews? Yeah. Okay, that word Hebrew means those that have the ability to cross over. Okay. Okay, and and people say, well, that's the Jews over there in Israel. No, it ain't got nothing to do with the Jews in Israel. That's propaganda. Yeah, all mankind is Israel, but not everybody's following the divine law of the Creator. Some are disobedient and some are obedient. Mm -hmm. And it's just that they're like you coming on the call tonight. It wasn't by coincidence or chance. It was... That was that inner spirit of yours that drew you to to our call. Yeah. And if if you go like you're of course you're on talk show, but if you go look look at some of the past calls, mm-hmm. I mean there's over three hundred and something of them. I mean yeah. you can just pick the just pick one or two of them and listen to it. I mean there's uh, there's a whole lot of knowledge there, and. Uh, we're here to help one another to wake up and to see the divine truth of what is. I mean, from the ancient, what the ancient text said back then, thousands of years ago, and what they're saying it means now are two yeah. different things. What it, what they meant back then and what they're saying it means now, they've changed it in our time. And it, it, it's not because the scripture says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. And, he think, and he changes not. And now yeah. if the creator don't change, his word don't change either. Yeah. But mankind has twisted and turned it to fit their own agenda. And that's not what we're about. We want people to, you know, to, you know, check it out. I'm not yeah. asking you to believe. I'm not, we're not asking you to believe us. We're just yeah. asking you to listen and maybe it'll spark something in you where you check for yourself. Yeah. And then when when you see it, then, you know, no one has to tell you because you, you'll know. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, I've been, like, on this path, like, for the last almost a year, uh, a little over a year. But the thing mm-hmm. is, I, I, I go forward uh, one or two steps, and then that, that programming that I have takes me back, like, two or three steps, and... I know one time I was like, I was praying or asking, thinking, uh, 
to, to you know, the Father. He's furious. Like, what, what am I supposed to do? And then I hear something, but, and it said, like, stop, you need to stop being double-minded. That's either, it. Either go on that path that you, that's, that is uh, screaming inside of you or mm-hmm. stay on that path that's going to destroy you. That's and true. it's not that I want him on that path of destroying it. It's just like that programming since, you know, since, you know, you're born, your parents raised you and stuff. And, like, that's all you know and stuff, like, at that time. But but then the last year, and so there's just something inside that I mean, like, it's like something ain't right. Because Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you, not outside of you. Yes, sir. You're 100% correct there. Yes, sir. And no, I don't, it's a struggle though because you because you got to fight that you know your carnality that I guess your lower self as they say right it's a lower self yeah yeah and then to to ascend up like to the high self or to connect to the creator his way not like your way or man's man's way I mean the way he wants us to do it I guess. Yes, sir. You know, when people pray, you know when it says to pray, that word word pray means to say. Pray means to say. When you speak out your heart's desire before the Creator, and He always hears you no matter what because He's within you, just like He's within each and every one of us. If He wasn't, we would not be here or be alive. Even God even like the most even like the most wicked people like Stalin or Hitler or those people. Yeah. He's in all of them. Okay. He's in every one of them. See, but and everybody says, well, how could he be in every one of them if they were that bad? See, we're all children of the Most High Creator. The only difference is there are some that are obedient and some that are not. Mm-hmm. He gave us self will. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? A choice. Yeah. Either yeah, I'm like going to serve... Free will, gonna, right? Yeah, free will. And uh, that's what I'm saying. And, and if we... Uh, when I say self-will, I meant free will. Okay. Uh, he, uh, we're either going to serve the Creator with all our soul and being and adhere to the, the laws that He set forth from the beginning, yeah. or we're going to follow our own carnal mind or our own self-will, you could say, and do what we want. If we do what we want, he says, if you do what you want, you're going to end up, you know, all these things are going to come upon you because, you know, I'm I'm here, I've set things forth for you to be blessed and prospered, to have a long life, or you can do this. That's why he it says in the Old Testament when Moses said, I have set before you life and blessing and death and evil. I would that you choose life and blessing, but nevertheless, you choose. It's our choice. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and But you got uh, you got all these ministers telling you, you know, uh, you know, you got to come to my church and you got to believe the way we believe and you can have a, a, a church just like that, the same denomination, everything down the street two blocks, and that preacher tell you, you know, you come to ours, they don't really have it all. Or you go back to the other one, they said, no, well, we have it all, they don't have it all. Yeah. They can't even agree amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's 
got all these here ideas. We're, all we're doing is endeavoring to show people and get them to see for themselves, you know what what it's really saying, because you're the you're the one that's going to have to make the choice. You you yeah. know you're going to have to decide. We can't yeah. do that for you. I can't do it for my kids. I can't do it for my wife. They have you to have walk to do it for their yourself. own. Yeah, they have to walk that own personal path. That's why it says that walk with you and the Creator is a personal thing because He dwells in you and only you know what you're thinking and what you're intending to do. Okay. You know what right. Yeah, uh, Yeah, I understand. And I don't know. I'm not I'm not going to sound try to sound crazy, but, like, in the spectrum of light and stuff, I see, like what you call, I guess, guardian angels. I see all the time, uh, like the angles of light, or angels of light, I think, uh, like two of them that are always around me. Is that actually, is that like a literal angel? Because I know I'm not trying to sound crazy because I have another person that could verify that. Okay, well, you can call it an angel. The word angel means a messenger. Okay. It could be... uh, and they 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 how can I put it? The spiritual side of it, people see visions and they have dreams and mm-hmm. I, I've I've heard the creator speak to me in an audible voice. No one else heard it but I heard it within my own mind, just yeah. like I'm talking to you now. But okay. and people say, Well, I ain't never heard God talk to me like that. Well, believe me. When when that happened I went to my knees immediately and yeah, I yeah. knew no one had to tell me it wasn't God. I know it was yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. But like but like, like when I see those things like you had that experience in these uh, ang- angles or angels are are they like you think they're like former people or are I mean I'm not trying to get deep or anything. I'm just I'm just trying to figure that out too. Like why are they there? Well, well, the, just like the, the the angels, it could be, you know, anyone. It could be, you know, messengers that the Creator sent forth. See, because when people check out of here, people think that they're dead. They're not dead. Their body may, you know, they just transitioned over. And because okay. the real you and the real me can never die. We've always been, and we always will be. We we've been we've been through life more than one time. A lot yes. of people don't realize that. That's why you have memories flash up from. Wow, where did it, where did that come from? But yet you could identify with it, and you've experienced it somehow. You know what's inside. It's because yes. of past lives. I know some people say, "Well, I don't believe in that." Well. You know, if you're part of the Creator and the Creator created you, and there's only life in the Creator, yeah. And it, it says in the ancient text that that we mankind has sang at the dawn of creation. Now, if we were not at when He created the things, if we yeah. weren't there then, how could we sing at the dawn of creation? Yeah. Now are we then, lying and, or is it, I'm sorry, and huh? also like other texts, religious texts or 
sacred texts also speak about stuff like that too, like in the uh, Bhagavad Gita uh, yeah. in, in those kind of scriptures too. But uh, I don't mean to cut it short. I need to get off too. But uh, I, I appreciate your time and uh, the, the guy MJ's time too. And uh, it's uh, thank you for taking your time out, you know. Because if I well, would ask this, if I would ask this to like a preacher I know or something, they would look at me like I'm crazy or I'm like on some kind of drug or hallucinating no, or something. No, no, brother, we understand. And I have a friend that I've known well over, uh, let's say, almost 45 years, something like that. Yeah. Uh, his name his name is Gary, but we call him the White Wolf. Okay. And he And if you go back and listen to some of those calls, it's usually him that's talking. And believe me, he's a very knowledgeable man, and he's he's he. I, I'm just telling you, he he's got. I mean, he's got some special abilities. He really does. Yeah. I mean, he can pray for you over the phone, and you would literally feel it. And I mean, uh, there's just so many things. Here. But we're here every Sunday at eight o'clock. It starts. Yeah. You know, uh, Eastern time, and it and it usually runs anywhere from an hour to two hours. But this one went almost four because Michael Joseph and us were talking. Uh, yeah. So what happened? I heard the tail end of it, and so after listening for about probably forty minutes, I just felt the need to call in. So. Well, I'm glad you did. I mean. Everything's for there's not it even says it in the in the Bible. There's there's a purpose for everything under the sun. There's a reason you came on to here tonight, you know, and yeah. uh and there's nothing by coincidence, you know. And it says no man can come to the creator except the spirit drawing. So yeah. there was a reason you came on here. So you're welcome back. Like I said, every Sunday we have at the same time, eight o'clock. Uh, yeah. You're more than welcome to come in. We'd love to have you. And you can ask some more questions. And I know my White Wolf, when he comes on, I know that he can answer a lot of your questions. Yeah. I mean, we we can all do that, but uh, believe me, when you talk to him, I believe you'll, you'll be very satisfied. Yeah. Well, you know, I've already, I've already been on. Actually, I mean, I've already know about your call. I've listened for a long time, so probably over a year. So, oh wow! And I, I have called in before, uh, so but it's been a while. I only spoke briefly and stuff. So, so I have been on the list. Uh, also, I get the list from White Wolf, so oh, I, I already know. I already know. So, but. I haven't been around for a while because my double mindedness. I mean, the church stuff, and but I have to like like the spirit told me, I got to stop being double minded. Because, but the thing is, the people are always around me, but I just need to. I can't worry about what other people think. I have to do my own path, and and the, and it just has to be that. I can't be a people pleaser because if you're a people pleaser, right? You're not gonna. You're not gonna find the truth. Well, that's that's true, and there's some things that's coming down the pipeline that's gonna come on mankind 
that they 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 don't have no clue, and uh, if if they don't get themselves right, and I you know I know they're good people and their intentions are good, yes. but they're making a choice, you know, to follow some preacher instead yes. of really searching it out for themselves. I mean, we're just putting it out there, and then people have to. You know, they have to do their own studying, too, because yeah. I don't want anybody to believe me, and I don't want to mislead anybody. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm just a man, but at the yeah. same time, I want, you know, each and every one of us, and my kids included and everyone else, they have to make their own choices. I can't make it for them, you know. And uh, if you want to, yeah. like you said, it, and you're welcome back any time, and I'm glad you've been listening. That's that's great. Yeah, and, and I've called in once or twice. Uh, well, but, we're really glad about that. Yeah, I mean, I I've actually I have uh, uh, Gary's number too. I know who you. So, but uh, I just I haven't been here for the last few months because I almost got like persuaded to go back into that literal state, and it's just like, I'm not happy, though, because I tried to create something, but that within, it's like shouting, saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? So that's why that's what prompted me to listen to the call tonight, and I heard what y'all talking about, and so I was confused a little bit because of my own choice, which was bad, about the personal God or impersonal, and it just, yeah, so... Well, he is a personal God, and he hears you all the time. Okay. The thing is, if we, you know, if there's something that, you know, it tells us, hold not up the unclean thing. What that means, if there's something going on in your life that's that's bothering you or something like that, and you don't want it in your life, in your mind, just say, cancel, cancel. That is not what I want. And then visualize it in your mind's eye. The, the way you want it and then give th- give thanks for it and it will it takes time but it will manifest for your good mm-hmm. it's that well, simple it says uh, that you know it tells us to confess things that are not as though it already is and mm-hmm. it will be that's what the mm-hmm. scripture says yeah. And if we if we learn to do those things, I mean, you will start seeing your life being blessed more and more, and the knowledge coming forward more and more to you. And uh, I mean, you'll be blessed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, what what about like innocent people who are who are trying to follow that, and still evil stuff happens to them. I mean, and they don't think that, and they're not like that. I mean, why does that still happen to people? You think that? because they're not. They made a choice. They're even though they when you say they're innocent, their intentions are good, and everybody wants to know. But uh, oh, I'm sorry. They, I didn't mean to. I don't. I don't mean to put you on the spot. I just. But you're not mind. That's, just, that's just been been bugging me for the last month and a half or so in my in my well, heart. So. I'm gonna endeavor to answer it for you. I, I'm not. You're not putting me on the spot. I'm just trying to, uh, in a nice way. You know, it says God is no respecter of persons. Okay. Yeah. 
and you know his laws set down, and that's the way it is. Now, mm-hmm. if we obey it, if we obey it and walk in it, we'll be blessed. If okay. we don't adhere to it, then calamity, hurt, harm, and everything else will come to us. Yeah, because the scripture does say that. Like it says that. I mean, who, choose this day who you going to serve. And you serve the Lord, which is divine, the divine way, then you'll have blessing. If not, then the cursing will be upon you. So, yeah, yeah, I understand that. That's, I just that's have, like, I just, like I, I just, I don't. I'm sorry, I just got to get this literalism stuff out of my mind, but it's everywhere I go. So yeah, I'm not making excuses. I'm not making excuses, though. I'm not going to think like that, you know. But it's just. Sometimes it's just you want to, ah, so, sorry. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, it says we're in this world, but we're not of it because we are a spiritual being in a physical body. Yeah. Okay. And we're, while we're here, we're going to go through physical things and the way people think, the race mind all over the world, you know, yeah. it, it, it affects us. But we have to you know, get a grip on that and discipline our mind to where we keep our eye on the goal that we're setting forth within ourselves towards that creator. That way we don't get off path, so to speak. Now, he didn't say we would not slip and fall. He said, you know, you can run through a troop and leap over a wall. You'll slip and fall, but you won't be utterly cast down or out. That means because it's a learning process, we have to, you know what I'm talking about? I can't put my uh, five or six-year-old grandson or ten-year-old grandson in the car and say, okay, you can drive it. I mean, there's a time and a place. And yeah. then he has to learn how to drive before he can, we can let him do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I understand. But uh, I'll probably come back maybe, just maybe, maybe next week or... Or, yeah, I probably will. So I'd like to, uh, yeah, just probably get on the call more, maybe, and just because I've been listening. But like I said, the last few months, I just, uh, I've went backwards instead of forwards. And I don't blame nobody but myself. So, but it's a learning experience. I just, yeah, so. Well, brother, we you know, Yahweh bless you and keep you in perfect divine health. And, you know, I know he's going to keep you on the path. That you just you just keep uh, keep on keeping on. Like like people say, uh, well, I'll, I'll try. I told him, don't say that. There is no try. There's only do. Yeah, because, right, if you say, yourself, say try, you're setting yourself up for uh, failure, right? Yes, sir. Well, I'm gonna try. Well, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. And if I don't get it right the first time, I'll try it again. If I don't do it, it might take me 300 times. But if I keep on pressing on, guess what? I'm gonna I might have 300 and something ways of no knowing not how to do it. But yeah. I'm gonna come across the way to do it, and then I'll meet my goal. That's the, that's what it, that's the beauty of it. You know, just don't give up. You just keep pressing on, and don't let people sway you. You know, you just you just hold that, like it says, hold not up the unclean thing, 
Don't hold up what you don't want. Hold up what you want and then give thanks for it. And then you watch how it starts unfolding for you. You're going to say, oh, my God, God has been listening to me all this time. I just didn't realize it. Yeah. And it, it will change your life, brother. Yeah, I mean, because you, you yourself, like you say, you were a Pentecostal preacher, right, at one time. So yeah. you were trying to search the truth. And then when you came about this, then what you knew was you, you let go of that old uh, old way of thinking. Yeah, I, I just kept something. When I was there, there, I just kept studying, you know, even though I was telling people that other stuff at one time, because that's what I was taught. But I just kept studying the scriptures and digging and using the Strong's Concordance, looking up the words, and then and through my conversations with other people and things like that, I come across other things, and I just, just kept digging and digging and digging and digging. The next thing you know, things started opening up more and more and more and more. And then there, and I wasn't the only one. There's thousands of people out there that believe like we do and that see it. But there are also a lot of people that don't, and you try to explain to them, and they think you're crazy. They'll cuss you out, and some of, uh, some of them even attempt to try to hurt you because they think they're doing God a service. That's why it says, you know, it's okay to tell them, but like Michael Joseph was saying earlier, you know, he don't tell them no more like that there because they they get angry and upset. They're not that they won't get there; they're just not where we're at at this point in time. You know, because they're they're not they're not open to receive what we're telling them, and uh, and. Uh, and uh, there's just a lot of stuff there that yeah. if uh, they, they'll come eventually because when you plant the seed of the thought and that they're going to think about what you said and they're going to, well, I'm going to check into what he said. And when they go check for themselves, they're going to say, wow, he was right. And yeah. they see it for themselves. Nobody has to tell them anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They found out for themselves. Even yeah. though they heard you talk about it, and you tried to tell them, but they didn't want to hear at that time. You planted the seed, and something inside told them, well, go check it out. And then they yeah. do, and they find out, and the next thing you know, you're having conversations with those same people. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. So, I, I mean, like, from what, I'm, what I've studied a little bit and heard and all this, like, the church system is part of, uh, the governmental system, right, to keep you in slavery and control you, right? Yes, sir. And uh, you, you know, you've heard of what they call a five one c three. Yeah, I know all about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, a preacher can't get that, and they had to when when that came out. They had they told all the preachers, you either you either have this here, and use this, you know, in order to get that tax credit. Yeah. Or you cannot, you cannot be a minister. They will not let them be a minister of a church. Yeah, they wouldn't. They would not give them a license. Yeah. And yeah. we don't. We don't need a license anyway. We're free-born, God-given human beings. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, from what I've heard on the previous calls and stuff, like. 
if you have a license like that, you're actually you're 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 giving up your soul to be like a merchant soul or something like that. Or oh, like yeah. some like like in the book of Revelation about merchants and stuff and the how the system is set up. Oh yeah, that's like when people go to the banks and they sign for a note. They're signing yeah. a contract with them there and they and then they try to use this other stuff like they're talking about how to get out of the system. Yeah. They're the one they're the one that made the contract with them. The only one they can blame is themselves. You know, that's what I'm saying. People even the creator says, My people perish for the lack of knowledge. They don't understand. They think they're that you know, that this is the way it is. But instead of studying for themselves, they look to the preacher to do that for them. Yeah. And if the preacher doesn't know, which he don't, he's only concerned about his, what he's yeah. doing and making money. You know, it says the blind lead the blind. They both fall in the ditch. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But I I need to go. But it was good uh, talking and uh, having true fellowship. Is that the... I think that was what I went back to church, starting to go like for the last couple of months because I was felt lonely and I was looking for some fellowship. But you can't really have true fellowship with people that are not like minded as your as yourself, I guess. Well, I mean, the, the, that I mean, I mean, you can have well talking about these things, yeah, because a lot of people, you you know, they they look at you like you're from another planet because uh, they don't see it the same way we do. But it's yeah. there, and, we I mean, we can prove everything what we're saying and show, and by people's own experience, and there's millions of people who've had all kinds of experiences, you know, with that divine creator. So, I mean, it, it is there, and it's yeah. just that, you know... See it for yourself you just, too in your life, right? You, I mean, you you've seen the truth of what what's being taught now, like on the call. You've actually experienced it for yourself. Well, yes, I I started this call about three, almost four. No, it's been a heck. It's been almost six years ago. Okay. Yeah, I'm the moderator. I, Divine Mind Group is. I started that, then and my friend White Wolf comes on, which is a very knowledgeable person, and I mean, in the, I mean, I know you've heard of him, you know who he is, and uh, and with Michael Joseph, and there's been others, but all I'm saying is that we're here to help mankind if we can, you know, not to make them believe anything that, you know, it's not something that we just thought up. I mean, it's there. It's been from centuries past even to the oh. present. I mean, it's it's there. And uh, we're just obeying what the Scripture says to do and what the divine, you know, creator is showing us and and backing up everything. So, uh, but it's your choice. Yeah. No, I understand. But, uh, but thank you, uh, Jim. And, uh, uh I guess uh, God willing, your or Yava, Yohe, Lahe, all the names, willing. I'm not trying to be funny, but I'll, uh, I'll try to be on the uh, I'll be on the call next week. 
and then maybe I'll ask some questions from so. Okay, well, uh, we're glad you came. Can I ask your name? Yeah, it's Glenn. Uh, actually, what? I have three names. I, it's oh. Glenn, uh, it's Thomas, and Matthew. So I go by three names. But uh, the name that I, when I call sometimes, I go by is Matt. Uh, I'm the person who was from the Netherlands. Oh, okay. I, all right. I think I know who you are now. Yeah, yeah. But I just wanted, I, I felt kind of bad because I, I I went back to my old car things for the last few months. But I, I wasn't trying to hide or lie to anything. But I just I just wanted to ask a question and stuff maybe, you know, because in my mind I felt maybe if I come back and I feel asking questions I, I would get ridiculed. But I know that's a lie. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a false idea in my head, a false concept. So it needs to be canceled like you said. Yeah, so, just say cancel and see it the way you want it, brother, and just give thanks for it. And uh, I'm telling you, Yahweh will open doors for you, and, uh, you know, we'll we'll pray for you, and, you know, that Yahweh bless you, keep you in perfect divine health and safe yeah. and out of harm's way, and that, you know, that your knowledge grow and by leaps and bounds. I mean, that's what it's all about. Yeah. No, that that is true. Uh, but I uh, thank you and uh, peace and blessings to you and everyone who's on the call and, you know, and our families, even our enemies, even our yeah. enemies. Yes. So I I, I've been learning that. I, that's what I've been learning for the last little while, too, how to well, let go bless my enemies and let, let it be. You know, even our enemies, all they are is children that's lost their way. And by us speaking a blessing on them and praying for them, you know, Yahweh can open their heart to where they can receive and see and, you know, you know, come back. It's like the, the story of the prodigal son. Yeah. You know, he took his inheritance and squandered it. And after he squandered it, he, he looked back and thought about it. And he says, you know, uh, you know, even at my father's house, even the 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 animals are fed really good. And when he came back home, his father, you know what happened. He welcomed them in, put a ring back on his finger. And the brother said, well, you know, that, you know, he squandered his hands. I've never left. I stayed here and I did all these things for you. He said, but you never... Uh, let me have a feast or anything like that. He said, no, you could have done it at any time. It was your choice. But your brother was dead. He lost his way, but he's alive again. He came back to his senses and came home and realized the truth and stuck with it from then on. That's what it's all about. Even our enemies, they, they just lost their way, brother. And we just pray for them and you know, because they don't see at that point in time. Not that they won't ever, but it's just right at that point in time they're not picking up on it. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. But we and love you and appreciate you. And society in general because of their programming. Yes, and that's what it is, and that's what the system's doing by commercials, like you were saying, and everything yeah. else. They're, they're programming the people with all this stuff on TV, you got to buy this, you got to do that, you got to take these pills, you got to, you know, it's nothing but confusion. 
people are not thinking for themselves anymore. They're listening to what they're programming in them. Yeah. But uh, we'd love to, before we get cut off here, because it might shut off, we've been on here right at almost five hours. So, uh, but we love and appreciate you, and we would like to have you come back, you know, next next week or whenever you can. I mean, yeah. that's what the, that's why we have the calls on here. We want people to come and, uh, you know, ask questions and, uh, you know, share what, you know, what the Creator's done for them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I understand. So, uh, Jim, thank you for your time. And uh, uh, like I said, uh, try to be uh, next week or whenever. But uh, I know that time and space and stuff can't hold us from being connected. So it's, yep. uh, it isn't. So it's, it's a, I know you're like right there and I'm right, th- you know, I'm right here and stuff. So it's just to go back and to break that layers of lies upon lies yes. that have been indoctrinated since we were kids and born. So. Oh yeah. And uh, people say, oh, well, it's easy. It's not always easy. Some, People, I mean, can overcome it faster than others, but you know, it, you know, we'll get there. I mean, even, even though we might slip once in a while, if we just keep pressing on, pretty soon those things will be a thing of the past, and we won't have to worry about it no more, brother. Yeah. But we love you and appreciate you coming on. And like I said, I'm gonna end this call here in just a second before they shut us off. Okay. And. Uh, We'd love to see you to come back and uh, and ask some more questions. I mean, that's what this is all about. We want people to ask questions, not just listen all the time. But we, by them asking questions, we're able to, you know, open different paths for everybody to where they can see different things. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. So I, I, I thank you then and... Uh... Uh, have a blessed night. Same to you. Shalom, prosper, be in perfect divine health. All right. And, Bye-bye. and folks, I thank you for coming tonight. I do appreciate each and every one of y'all. And thank you for listening. That means a lot. And if you have any questions, I mean, you can type them in or, uh, you know, come back next uh, Sunday, 8 o'clock p.m., Eastern Standard Time, and that's when we start the call. And uh, you can ask them then, and uh, we'll endeavor to answer them for you. But again, I appreciate you coming. Yahweh bless you. Keep you in perfect divine health, you and your families, and to all you mothers out there, happy Mother's Day. Shalom, prosper, and be in perfect divine health. Good night, everyone.
You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.